Hey everybody, right before the show, wanted to let you know we have an update to our Patreon. A brand new monthly movie podcast is available now for $10 and up patrons at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. You want to hear me and Bob talk all about Mask of the Phantasm? The best Batman movie of all time? You can hear all about that in our long, almost three hours long podcast, patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons where we try to try. I'm your host, Truth Telling Contest winner Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? I'm Henry Gilbert, and I hope you like jamming too. And who is our new guest? I'm Imran Khan, and I'm here because I worked on a ship shoveling dogs for several years. I've done it too, and today's episode <laughs> is The Canine Mutiny. Time for a walk. Oh, again? <laughs> we gotta find out where he's keeping these. I'd take him, but those cards are non-transferable. <laughs> Today's episode aired on April 13th, 1997, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real-world history. <gasps> oh my god! Oh boy, Bobby! Tiger Woods defeats previous Simpsons guest Tom Kite to win his first Masters tournament at the age of 21, making him the youngest and first non-white golfer to win that tournament. Meanwhile, Mario Lemieux plays his final NHL hockey game, and Gross Point Blank struts its stuff in the movie theaters this week. So too many of these are sports related for me. <laughs> Sorry, it was two major sport things both happened this day, so I did, had to... Uh, did it. Tiger Woods use an open place club sandwich? <laughs> no, that I think was his... Uh, Tom Kite depended on that too I much. I see. So. Uh, Tom Kite, not the best performance on The Simpsons in terms of <laughs> sports guest stars. my locker. Tiger Woods never appeared on the show, though I don't think... I don't I'm sure they did. referenced him at some point. Oh, like, for sure I they did. I don't think he himself has been on there. Now, I've seen Tiger Woods trying to... I feel like a few years ago they tried to uh, like last year they tried to have the tiger woods comeback tour after all the unpleasantness that happened with him but uh now that's that's not happening i don't think i mean he also his problem was he got old by and by aging he wasn't as good at yeah, golf anymore but he was forged in golf from a <laughs> as a baby yes forced to by his father uh mario lemieux i only know him as a person who messes up my ebay searches for mario merchandise <laughs> i i think he was on the cover of some video game which is why I know him. Some NES game, probably. One of the NHL hits games. Oh, perhaps. yeah. Looking I think down so. the list, just word trick for Mario. And it's like, oh, I don't want, what is it, hockey? I don't want yes. hockey. Yeah, I know. I, I'm okay. A Mario t shirt. No, it's a jersey. It's <laughs> hockey guy. And uh, yeah, Gross Point Blank was really, it was one of the earliest movies to mine 80s nostalgia, I think, in the 90s. Wasn't it one of maybe 10,000 movies in the 90s about a hitman, though? Yeah, it was. Uh, aren't hitmen different? I mean, it's the type of movie that Hollywood was ready to make after Pulp Fiction. They're like, oh, Hitman sure. leads such interesting lives while they murder people. <laughs> Let's keep making this. And uh, they made the interesting decision to have Dan Aykroyd be the main bit villain in that movie as well. Probably his last good performance, I'm guessing. Mm, I mean, come on, Blues Brothers 2000. Oh. <laughs> what are you talking about, Bob? Actually, his best performance was in Nothing But Trouble. <laughs> but uh, Gross Point Blank, for me, was when I first heard the song Blister in the Sun. Uh. It, uh, they made a whole, they made a new music video for it. You, you know in the 90s when an old song would get put on a soundtrack they'd sometimes make a new music video for it that had like older versions of the singers lip syncing their song from 15 years before intercut
cut with scenes from the movie like they did with uh, with this one. That's a karaoke favorite of mine. It's a, it's always fun, to, and everybody wants to sing along with you. And then and then you want to wait to see like who's going to be the first person to say this song's about masturbation. And <laughs> you don't all know that. So this episode, uh, it's all about Santa's little helper, and I think it's the first Santa's little helper episode since a dozen and one greyhounds in season six. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's another lost dog story. But uh, well, I want to get to know our guest though. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yes, we have a new guest. I'm sorry for bearing the lead or bearing the guest. So Imran Khan <laughs> is one of our new guests. He contacted me via DM. He wanted to be on the show. And I say more people should do it, but you should also be semi-famous at least, like all of us in this room. <laughs> I'm pleased to know that I'm semi-famous. Yes, we have dubbed you semi-famous. <laughs> but Imran, tell us where you come from and uh, your relationship with The Simpsons. I am the news editor for Game Informer, and I am the only remote employee. So I live in San Francisco, two towns over. And <laughs> I basically, I've been a huge fan of the show for a really long time. So I was like, I harassed Bob until he let me on. Yes, I was cyber stalked uh, <laughs> and I was uh, bio tortured and that's why he's here today. <laughs> As for how I love The Simpsons, I I remember Simpsons being specifically a thing that my parents did not let me watch. Oh, you're one of those. Yeah, so I got very good at being able to quickly hit the channel recall button and then hit down, so mm-hmm. they couldn't recall back to Boy, know I was watching The Simpsons. That is the trick of it. That last channel button saved so many kids. <laughs> yeah, but you then have to double back so they can't hit last channel on another thing. It's like, okay, got a last channel, but then also make the old last channel a news channel so my dad will think he was watching this channel after he watched the news. That- that won't work in digital cable because channels take time to load now, you know? <laughs> so if your mom walks in and it's black screen loading like Comedy Central, like, wait a minute, what were you watching? What was on Cinemax? It just happens thing? to be a coincidence every time you walk in the room. It's fun. <laughs> but uh, I watched a lot of my Simpsons on syndication. I remember specifically it was like a, I think, 5 p.m., 6 p.m. UPN block of like two episodes. Mm. So that was where I caught up a lot of it. And I started watching it live once my parents stopped paying attention, I guess. But Simpsons was, when I was growing up, it was the way my brother and I bonded. Aw, me too. Like, during the awkward years, it was basically how we communicated was Simpsons quotes. <laughs> Did you basically hate each other in your teen years except for those t- any shared interests you could have with a brother? Yeah. Before you could like say, oh my God, really loud and then Tromopoline, Trabapoline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, the uh, meeting more guests like you makes me feel more lucky as a kid because my parents just let me watch whatever. <laughs> and so... My parents are too busy to monitor my TV watching. <laughs> but I've, we've now met... A number of guests who are just like, well, no, I couldn't. My parents would never let me watch this. And that also precluded a lot of people from watching it when the episodes were new. They could only do it in the afternoon times before parents got home, right? Well, yeah. In, in retrospect, like, I don't even know what my parents were saying. They let me watch, like, Seinfeld and Friends and stuff like that growing up. And those shows were much worse about the, I assume, the things they were afraid of, of, like, sex jokes and things like that. The only thing I could think of is maybe they were afraid of the actual reputation Bart has as a mm, bad that boy. That could have been it. I mean, Seinfeld, uh, some of the gender politics are kind of dated, uh, in fact, really dated. But Friends, I think, is actually harmful these days <laughs> for people. Again, Ross should be in prison. He's a bad man. Yes. <laughs> and, like, there's Friends are just full of gay jokes that are just... Those didn't age well yeah. at all. I think the people out of every Friends is like, they think I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> at least for Matthew Perry's character. Yes. Uh, and yeah, I think we've also heard like parents thought it because like church elders or other other parents told them this is not, uh, this is bad for kids. They well, there was like a famous George Bush quote that was, mm-hmm. I want the... 
I want American families to be more like, what was it? The, the Waltons. Waltons. The Waltons. Yeah. Yeah. Timeless. The yeah. Timeless reference. <laughs> yeah. Also, this is the age test. When did you, how much younger than me and Bob are you? And when did you start watching the, the Simpsons? I am 32, which puts me okay. just slightly over the age of when, so I've grown up with the Simpsons as okay. it's like good, yeah. parallel. We don't feel bad now. Yeah. At all. If you're under 30, <laughs> then it's like, oh, you make me feel too old. I don't like you. <laughs> if you're under 30, get out. Get out. <laughs> the no get under 30 side. Stop listening, right? No, don't stop listening. <laughs> Uh, but this episode, so thank you, Emma, for coming down and being thank a guest you. on the show. But yeah, this is the first Santa's Little Hubber episode since A Dozen Among Greyhounds. And I think it's the worst Santa's Little Hubber episode so far. Mm. And I've got some theories mm. I'll get into maybe later. I can tell you about them up top if you sure. want. I, I would like to hear that. My I do- have a couple theories, too. I think Dog of Death is the best Santa's Little Helper episode because mm-hmm. he almost dies. And there's a lot of sympathy for the dog. I think in this episode, Santa's little helper is too stupid and you don't get enough time with him Mm -hmm. for you to care about him being gone. Well, the emotional cord with Dog of Death is like, it's a double one. It's not just like, I lost my dog or my dog is sick. It's both of them. I lost my sick dog. Like it's So yeah. you're pulling at the, the every dog or pet owner's heartstrings with that kind of thing. And this one doesn't really do that. I think also because they wanted to keep emotions at a distance with playing Santa. Santa's a little helper and is never sad in this ever. Yeah. yeah, there should have been a moment of dog emotion, but it's mm. like it's in this episode it's clear that he doesn't care where he is. <laughs> <laughs> he's just confused. He's got yeah. an adventure. He likes being around Bart. That is established. Yeah. He's he's ha- he's either happy or uh, emotionless. That's really what it sprinkles feelings mm-hmm. are. So I feel like this is a bad Santa's little helper episode because it's not really a Santa's little helper episode. It's yeah. a Bart episode. And it's one of the few episodes, especially in those early seasons, where they play Bart as a child. And that's something that doesn't really happen that often. He's very often the, not, I don't want to say adult in the room, but you never see a, like a sense of childlike vulnerability from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is a more realistic prank, this credit card fraud. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not being sarcastic. This is something you could conceivably do in 1997. Mm-hmm. A little harder now, I think. <laughs> well, yeah, way harder. I think they want your social security number and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But Well, Bart does give them a social security oh, number, which they yeah. just accept. That's like, right. I paused that. We'll get to that when we get there, but I paused it. There's, there's some information on there but it's interesting his social security number is one two three four five six seven eight nine <laughs> but so it's on the credit card company really if they accepted that then they, maybe that's someone's real social security number it could be i guess to, i mean mathematically speaking it's possible maybe they outlawed that one because it was too easy to rip off and guess <laughs> but yeah i don't think it's a bad episode i just think there's not enough time with santa's little helper i do enjoy laddie a lot but if you listen to the commentary this episode had a lot of production problems every step of the way in production uh, when you want to do rewrites it's more expensive so there's there's writing the episode, there's the table read, there's storyboard, there's animatic, and there's full color animation. And a lot of this episode was redone in the animatic stage, which is very expensive. Ooh, and harsh on the animators. Yes. Real, real <laughs> tough for them. I, I feel I felt so bad for Dominic Palcino on the commentary. He's just like, yep, yeah, I had to redraw that too. And there was going to be a cut B story that we see slivers of, of Lisa being hooked on pet pills. <laughs> and in the commentary by the end, they're like, boy, we could have used less dog stuff in this episode. <laughs> they really should have kept the pet pills. Yeah. Just like two minutes of pet pills would have been. Just hearing pet pills is funny. It's I funny know. Lisa here. on pet pills is really hilarious. And you know this episode is troubled for an Oakley and Weinstein era episode because it uses the full opening, the full length mm-hmm. opening, which they rarely, if ever, use. When I see it on a Gina Reese episode, I'm like, eh, par for the course. That's fine. I'm more forgiving, but... And it'll be uh, like the full like uh, circus opening yeah. that'll kill 20 more seconds. But when it's Bill and Josh, it does feel like an admission of defeat of like, we actually ran 
ran out of jokes we liked in this one, and so we need to fill it with more uh, with more intro. You know, I'm kind I'm with you on why this one doesn't work. I also think though too, it kind of reminds me of the stories they told of production on Mountain of Madness, which was that I think they're getting a little more tired later in the season and in their second season, and they're kind of doubting their instincts. They're just like, was this good? Should we redo it? And then they're just all they are full of is regret. They don't seem to know what they wanted the episode to be, but they they were more they knew what they didn't want the episode yeah. to be. And I really like the ending, but I feel like the emotional story would have had a better ending if the last scene was with Bart and Santa's little helper. Mm-hmm. I mean, this ending is so funny and it's so <laughs> great, and there's nothing else like it really on the show. But I think like they don't really sell the Santa's little helper story as well as they could have. This, I think this episode is very funny. I love the laddie stuff, but they're very honest about it on the commentary about how this is a troubled episode for them. I think in the pitching too, it feels like in the pitch meetings you think like we haven't done a Santa's Little Helper episode in a while maybe I could pitch a new one and it's just like if you're not doing a Lost Dog what do you do with him And but if you do Lost Dog they've done that twice already you know and even Bart's dog gets an F is also almost Lost Dog it's like yeah. I'm gonna lose my dog well I mean it's a, it's a very weird Lost Dog episode because it's not really about the Lost Dog it's about Bart realizing he loves his dog but it's the scene where he realizes it is like one scene yeah one piece of dialogue and then that's it there's no real redemptive arc to a actually really shitty thing bart did yeah yep. i guess that's too is why if they had the if they set aside the time to let santa's little helper forgive him that's just more time out of the episode and it's easier to just have santa's little helper not care so he doesn't have to forgive yeah. him i think they also have to navigate though the graining rule of animals act like animals so you can't put too much emotionality on santa's little helper or acting if that is your rule from and i think it's a good rule from graining he doesn't want it to feel like a cartoon world where animals act in a cartoonish fashion yeah and but, despite being a super dog laddie is drawn much more realistically than santa's little helper with mm-hmm. his giant like simpson's eyes giant human simpson's eyes no uh, slh when i see him in this episode multiple times i'm like boy you've you can see how much bart has changed from season one but you're basically the same with his like basically waxing moon type nose and just his few details which fits fits in a klasky chupo era less so in season eight like he does look like he would win one of those ugliest dog contests Really, well, those eyes are enormous. And yeah, since this is a dog-focused episode, uh, it's Frank Welker, Slimer himself, <laughs> that's doing the voices of both Laddie and Santa's Little Helper. And they bring him in. It's usually Dan doing the voice of Santa's Little Helper. But when it's a dog-focused episode, they will bring in uh, Frank Welker. Well, because most episodes, all they need out of SLH is to go, Burk! Yeah, <laughs> and so they do like that a little bit. That if they even remember the Simpsons have pets, but in this case they need a lot more range of acting. That I'm sure Dan Castle and Ed would do a fine job. He's with great at Santa's little helper. Yeah. But uh, but Frank Welker is, I mean, the famous story is he can do a dog and cat fighting at the same time. And he's just the dog guy. Like, that's just who he is. Like, and he's still at it. You know, they've replaced a lot of people on Scooby-Doo, but he's still doing it. And he's the lesser Garfield. Well, he's way lesser Garfield. I guess there is a lesser, lesser Garfield when Frank Welker's too expensive or too busy. I honestly think that other guy might be better. He could be. Yeah. (laughs) Welker. Hey, listen to our Garfield Halloween podcast if you want to hear more of our Garfield thoughts. But uh, so this opening bit here, though, 
I do really like them. This kind of reminds me of the kids' bathroom stuff. It is them mining the domesticity of The Simpsons of like, well, what is it like in The Simpsons' house when this normal thing that happens in any house happens? Like, what's it like to brush your teeth before bed if you're a Simpson? What's it like to go to the grocery store if you're a Simpson? What's it like to get the mail? Bells, bells. Ooh, a free sample of gasoline. <laughs> Mm. A note from Publishers Clearinghouse saying we're out of the running. <laughs> oh, look, Lisa, you got something. Oh, Foreign Language Institute. Oh, my German verb wheel. Ich esse, er ist, wir essen. When, when, ich bin hungrig. Homer, this is yours. Yes, my precious cartoons. <laughs> Poop, I'm Dazzle. How come I never get any mail? I'm sorry, honey. Here, you can have the junk mail. Gas your termites. Freeze your termites. Zap your termites. Save the termites. Hello. So... Cartoons. Cartoons. I've been temp- I've been teasing this for a long time now. <laughs> so, uh, number one, I want to tell you all you kids listening out there, Daddy, Daddy works hard for you. <laughs> and I think I spent a good 40 minutes reading about the Cartoons magazine. That is the Talking Simpsons difference. No <laughs> other podcast is going to do cartoons research except for us and because of our patrons who make this our full-time job. But yes, cartoons. See, when I saw this originally and all the times up till now, I'm like, yes, that is a parody of an Ed Roth drawing. He mm. did the Rat Fink character. You see see monsters and crazy hot rods it's either him or someone doing his style he's dead now he's been dead for like 17 years so Aww. i was like yeah that is uh, an ed roth cartoon presumably cartoons is the simpsons magazine in which would feature just drawings like that that is what i always until now always thought that joke was i thought the joke was homer gets a i didn't read it as cartoons or it was just cartoons homer gets a magazine each month called cartoons which is just just a uh, an open-ended thing of like it's just cartoons. What, what, just read them. You have a whole get a, a big magazine of them every month. But that is not the case. So, Imran, were, were you aware of uh, cartoons just before I launch into this? Uh, the first time I saw the episode, I was not. If it were not for Homer's delivery of it, of like, <laughs> saying, like emphasizing cartoons, I would not even get the pun. But after that, like I think I was like at a Walden Books or something, and I saw the actual magazine. And I was like, I don't remember in what context or if I even bothered to flip through it. But I was like, oh, there's a Simpsons reference I recognize. Yes. Cartoons is real. And when I watch this, I heard cartoons like, oh, yeah, that's the pun. And this is the fake magazine. No, it's real. Cartoons was real. (laughs) And it is real. So believe it or not, in an age where everyone just read magazines all the time, this was sort of the car focused version of Mad Magazine. Not affiliated with Mad, but it's like, do you like cars and funny drawings? Well, (laughs) buddy, we got a magazine for you. (laughs) That is insane to me. Like... Mad Magazine has trouble sometimes getting good content with no direction where it's just like, well, we can be whatever we want it to be in Mad Magazine. But to make it that it has to be about cars, that's crazy. (laughs) And I mean, I think I never actually paged through a real issue of cartoons, but I was reading about it. There's like real car facts and information in there, too. If you're a real, (laughs) is it if you're a gearhead or you're a carhead? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't watch Top Gear or whatever, so I'm sorry. But so cartoons ran from 59 to 91. So Apparently, Homer was subscribing to it when it was no longer in circulation. (laughs) But don't worry, everybody, because it came back in 2016, and it's been a bi-monthly publication since then. There is a market 
for cartoons. That's still crazy to me. Now that yes. Click and Clack are retired, you have to get back into that car comedy business. Yeah, somebody <laughs> needs to do it. I th- and I think uh, Car Talk is still like number one on podcasts on <laughs> iTunes, even though they're dead and it's out. It's I think it's now done, right? I think it's reruns of Car yeah. Talk. Uh, yes, Car one, Talk. <laughs> at least one of them is dead. I think maybe both are. But, uh, but but you should really look up Ed Big Daddy Roth. His art is really cool, and also he has got a crazy life. He like did a surf rock album about monsters in the sixties. <laughs> And he built cars. It's, it's it's nuts. He's dead now, but I mean, his life yeah. is really interesting. And that surf rock album about monsters is on uh, YouTube in full. And I was listening to it. I just knew him as the Ratfink guy because I'd see I would see Ratfink like posters at comic shops, and I like eh, it looks fine, whatever. And I never felt compelled to learn more about <laughs> Ratfink. Well, now you all know about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> what is the joke Homer says like that he's laughing at? Like uh, who huh? pumped Ethel? I think well, Ethel is a kind of gasoline, and I think it's also like sort of a sex joke in the uh, uh, magazine but it's also incredibly lame in the style of mad <laughs> magazine like just a, a rancid pun i love that they're taking shots at cartoons too <laughs> of just like these are not funny and only a person with no good taste like homer would like this thing that's why i love oakley and weinstein because they are big fans of you know mad and cracked but i've been following them for a long time on twitter they're revealing like lesser mads and cracks mm-hmm. of the world i think like bill oakley was showing off like all of the uh, alfred e newman style mascots and one was for something i've never even heard of wow man they they out nerd us at every <laughs> turn. i hope to get old uh, the way that they those guys do we'll be telling kids about old websites not old magazines <laughs> <laughs> when i was your age i read sean baby <laughs> This fat guy named Harry told me about movies. <laughs> you don't want to know what happened to him. <laughs> Zombo.com was real, I tell you. Real. <laughs> don't go to Style Project. I don't oh, care. boy. I was there a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> now all my mail is junk mail, but no, I've never, not about termites, though. Mostly it's, uh, well, it's either a mailer about a, it was just voting season. Oh, so God. I got a lot of those, but... Uh, yeah, I when I was a kid that was Bart's age, before the internet, before I had the internet, I loved getting mail. So I had a lot of game magazines at the back. You could be like, send me information from all these companies. So I would just <laughs> check all of them. And I would get all of their new newsletters like in the mail, all of their company oh, newsletters. Add me to your Alfred E. Chicken list. <laughs> I, love, I want that bumper sticker. <laughs> I valued those newsletters so much when I couldn't just go online and read all the news I wanted from them. Like the MST3K yeah. one you'd get in the mail that was like half catalog and half update I loved that so much. It felt so special to get that in the mail. I, I got the American Sammy newsletter in the mail. Wow. They are they were barely a publisher in America, but I got their newsletter in the mail. Like their three employees photocopied <laughs> it and mailed it to you. I'm sure, yeah, it was one of them. But God, I don't even, I, I can't even tell you one game they published. Maybe Amagon? I don't remember. <laughs> Though I, as a kid, did like when I didn't get mail for me of just going through the rest of the mail, especially in the summer when it could be my responsibility to get the mail because it would be delivered while my parents were away. So I could just be like, oh, the mail's here. What's here? And it's just bills and junk or things I bought on eBay or Amazon as well. I'm now resentful when I have to actually mail something because that means I have to buy stamps to mail the one thing I mail every month, which is my rent. <laughs> I still can't get auto uh, withdrawal or whatever on my rent. So I have to write a check and put it in a box every month. I'm like, I have to buy stamps just for this. I'm 30 something. I still don't know that I understand stamps. <laughs> like, oh, I got to buy that do i have to buy a specific kind you have to buy the forever stamps you're good (laughs) i've got some forever stamps in my closet right now that i use though i i don't mail any bills because it's all electronic for me in or my for the last 
uh, 12 years that I've lived in an apartment, my landlord has been literally a block within a block of me. Mm. So I just put it in an envelope and put it through their mail slot myself. I become that's the fraud, mailman. Henry. You can't do that. It's illegal. <laughs> that free sample of gasoline. That's a cute good joke. Too. I like yeah. the tiny gas can. It's I mean, great. I remember that that age of like when you would get like Lonnie Durden in the mail, mm. and like I would always insist to my mom, like, "Hey, we got this for free. We should use it." Like we don't even use that. We have a thing. We have a whole like bottle of laundry detergent. You wanted to feel the three kinds of softness. Yeah, this is my <laughs> mail. We should use it. The Simpsons will be right back. We hope you like Jammin' 2 with this week's Talking Simpsons episode. And if you'd like to support this show on Patreon, it's a very easy thing to do. It helps me and Bob do this full-time and have on tons of cool guests that we record in the daytime because this is our full-time jobs. And $5 a month gets you access to a ton of things for supporting us. You will not only get every episode of Talking Simpsons a week ahead of time and ad-free, you could be listening to next week's episode right now. You'll also get access to all of our exclusive interviews and miniseries to this point. That means Talking Critic, where we go through every episode of Simpsons' sister series, The Critic, in a similar style to Talking Simpsons, and same as the first season of Talking Futurama, where we go through the entire first production season of Futurama in the same way. It's tons of fun, as are are many interviews with Simpsons legends like David Silverman, Mark Kirkland, Bill Oakley, Josh Weinstein, Mike Reese, Mike Scully, and so many more revealing insider secrets about the series and their careers. Be sure to check out all that at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. And if you go up to the $10 level today, you'll get access to our brand new monthly movie podcast. What a cartoon movie where we go through a different cartoon film in the same style style starting with batman mask of the phantasm you can hear it right now patreon.com slash talking simpsons This week's Talking Sims is also brought to you by a reminder that we're doing another live show at San Francisco Sketchfest. That's right, it's our second year at San Francisco Sketchfest, and me and Bob couldn't be more excited. We've got really cool things planned for our show that'll happen on Wednesday, January 16th at 8 p.m. Wednesday, January 16th at 8 p.m., downtown San Francisco. Mark your calendars, head to the SF Sketchfest webpage to check out all the details, and you can have some live podcast fun with me and Bob. We have tons of really cool things planned we can't wait to share with you. One more time, Wednesday, January 16th, 8 p.m., the San Francisco Sketch Festival. It's our second year. We'll see you there. And so Bart, though, finds a uh, this is the first time Bart has ever thought to do credit card theft or fraud. I guess he it had been established in previous ones that he can just steal Homer's credit card whenever he wants to. Yeah. And the idea of dogs being issued major credit cards was brought up on, I believe it was Sideshow Bob's Last Gleaming. Right. When Ken Brockman shuts down the station. It's like this. These stories have brought us all closer together. And that was one of them. But I looked it up. There is no one specific incident. This happened a lot. And it still does happen. I just mm. looked up animals being issued credit cards. There are 
news stories about my cat got a credit card in the mail. My dog got a credit card in the mail. Things like that. <laughs> Can you just spend that and never pay it? Uh, I know that Jack Allison, who's a podcast f- uh, friend, he talked about how like, yeah, I charge my credit card up to 10000 bucks, and then I never pay it. And then after a couple of years, they negotiate it down to $5,000 and I just pay it. And he <laughs> says that he has gone on that cycle like twice now and is that working on his third time. Might affect your credit score. <laughs> and what's he care? I guess that seems to be That's real feeling. life clouds. <laughs> uh, I think my credit score isn't great right now. I, I wish I didn't have credit cards, really. <laughs> I mean, this is like, I mean, this episode and like growing up with my parents, that was kind of scared me of getting credit cards for years. Like, I don't think I was, I think I was like 29 when I got my first one. Because I remember specifically walking into my family, like bedroom and seeing my mom cut up credit cards. Mm. Oh, wow. And like that combined with this, like this is a very jaunty kind of fairy tale version of, <laughs> oh, you can just get a credit card and fuck up and then it'll be fine. They'll repossess it and they'll, there's never talk of it again. There's no problem if they just take the things back. Yeah, companies don't have the resources to send people to your house to take your things. <laughs> they'll just get some like phone bank in some other country to harass you until the end of time, basically. Well, they just sell your credit to another person, yeah. really. I mean, like, I have student loan debt and my, I like every, every six months, it's like, meet your new bank. They have your debt now. It's like, oh, great. I, I need another login. <laughs> Uh, but Bart doesn't know these realities of adulthood. It's just the fun idea of having your own credit card. And I think Money Bank is a low-key great name for a credit card. <laughs> that is good, yeah. Money Bank. <laughs> uh, this is like three banking crises ago, too, this type of credit card. So when Bart fills it out, like I said, he has a fake social security number, but his phone number is 5553, a number, 26. Now, it looks like the other number could be a 2 or it could be a one. His handwriting's kind of messy. I think it's a two just because that would make it Klondike 53226, Mr. Mr. Plow's oh. number, which is their they home phone They would do that. <laughs> they would do that 100%. I'm hoping they did that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and in the scene where Bart is filling out the credit card application, it's pointed out on the commentary, and I've heard the commentary a bunch, but only now that I just see Santa's little helper is shitting on the carpet in the background. It is the, <laughs> it is the most, I think it is the most uh, vulgar joke on the show so far. Just a, he, He's a, trying to, but he, then doesn't actually do anything and well, just walks away. When the scene cuts, I think like that is when the, the, the poop should be falling out of mm-hmm. him because he's like crossing his eyes and his eyes are squinting but he's in the he's in the squatting position for like the last five seconds of that scene it's shocking they got away with that i, I it feels it. like the simpsons doesn't really go for scatological that much i mean we had the uh two-story outhouse joke recently but yes. we don't actually see someone in the pooping position <laughs> i think james l brooks was out of town that day yeah. <laughs> he's too busy on like as good as it gets or something oh probably he couldn't, yeah he couldn't uh, check in on it. Getting that oscar gold <laughs> they go through some effort to actually shows that his little helper being a bad dog in this episode. Yeah. Clearly he has unlearned everything he learned and Bart's dog gets an F. Back to as bad as he was in that episode. Maybe he misses casual sex again. <laughs> <laughs> he's all, Well, he, he's not getting offered it like Laddie is later in this episode. Where is she's the fastest? <laughs> uh, yeah, she's dead, I guess. I don't know. Like, she, Bart sends away his, like, obviously written by a child application for a credit card. And six to eight weeks later, we get our second mail call. Bills? Bills? Oh, a rejection letter from the New Yorker subscription department. Hmm. <laughs> Who or what is Santos L. Halper? Wow, my own credit card. Mm. Thanks, Santos. A quarter? Well, you're just the dog that keeps on giving, aren't you? <laughs> and Zebra Girl, and Zillionaire, and Zoidzilla. 
And will there be any more splurging today? Oh, my, yes. Hmm. I'll take that hardbound Radioactive Man collection. Ah, a superb choice. In Volume 2, Radioactive Man travels through time to defeat Jesse Owens at the 1936 Olympic Games. Put it all on my credit card, my good man. Oh, pardon me, Santos, if that is your real name, Bart Simpson, but your phony credit card is no good here. Now make like my pants and split. It's good that he actually recognizes him by now, by name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he should. At this point, he really should. I, I just love. I said, "Oh, that is your real name, Bart Simpson." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's right. I'm sure he's had enough credit card fraud in his past that he's not going to fall for that. The Jesse Owens joke is very dark. Yes, too. yes. Yeah. I, I tried to look up and see if there was any like Superman comics that typically tried to do that of like going back in time and like it's all like Nazi punching stuff like that. Yeah, yes. it was not anything quite as trying to defeat the first uh... radioactive man is going back in time to prove the. Nazis right. Yes, he's winning for the Nazi. Well, the, so I think the closest turn to that is there's a million comics like that that though usually n- not in the to the right direction, usually more to the left of going back in time and teaming up with somebody or meeting real life sports figures. This one to me reminds me most of Superman boxing Muhammad Ali. <laughs> oh, in the and what though it was uh, one Superman took a dive for it too. He got depowered for the boxing match. Was right. <laughs> think they were doing for space aliens i think hmm. look at the cover to that because neil adams the artist drew in every famous person of the 70s because he's like they'd all want to be at this boxing match if they'd go to <laughs> ollie frazier ollie superman would get them too wait which superheroes met uh david letterman that would be the avengers okay. they were on david Letterman, the west coast avengers the goofy <laughs> avengers. but he was on the east coast oh wait no all right it was the regular avengers, okay not west coast they also went on saturday night live they were on both of those shows. Wow. <laughs> so there is a secret Futurama reference in this little scene here. Oh my. Zoidzilla. <gasps> so David X. Cohen, future Futurama writer and developer. In college, he developed a game called Zoid for Apple II. He unsuccessfully submitted it to Broderbund. It never was published or, you know, made outside of his Apple II computer. And he took the name Zoid and carried it with him. So there's a Zoid reference here, and that's why Zoidberg is named Zoidberg. So <laughs> wow. this has to be David X. Cohen putting Zoid in something, because why else would it be Zoidzilla? Yeah, that's and so specific. He is a writer on the staff right now. So this could be the first use of Zoid in a David X. Cohen-associated wow. uh, production. That's a ama- That's a good catch. I'd Again, the think. talking Simpsons difference, people. I can't stress that enough. I do like the in-media res part of that scene of like, the last three things are like Zebra, whatever, and like Zoidzilla. So he's been going down the alphabet, choosing comics, just <laughs> saying like, okay, now we're at the very end. As a child, that was my dream at the comic shop to get, just go on the new rack, not any of the old stuff, and just go. They are alphabetically, they usually are just in alphabetical order. Sometimes they put it of like by publisher and then alphabetical within that. But usually it's just a wall in alphabetical order. And when you're 10, you're like, if I could just buy all of these and I could buy all of them now. I, I mean, I'm not, it would be a lot of money, but I still be like, Oh, 300 bucks. Eh, I guess I'll pay that. But now I would want the time. My fantasy is the time to read all those comics. <laughs> oh like, yeah. <laughs> when, we, when we went to DC comics, I did walk away with a stack about that big of free comics from that place. And I have yet to read like more than one of those because it's just like, I don't have time to read this. Bart has kid time though. <laughs> though what Bart wants to buy, that Radioactive Man hardcover collection. That is how I mainly buy American comics these days because I don't want just even a regular trade paperback. I want a 
big ass omnibus that's like gonna break my shelves. It's hard to read. They did break your shelves. They did break my shelves. <laughs> yes, yeah. You got the billies though. They they can withstand anything. Yeah. Before I had, uh, I did not have a billy. Now I'm up to the billy, <laughs> and also of IKEA style billy bookcase. Mine's been lasting eight years. <laughs> Santos L Helper. That's quite a name. I like that name quite a lot. And though Marge should really know a credit card is in there. As an adult holding, you know when an envelope has a credit Usually card. Usually you can it. feel it. There's like a little indentation mm-hmm. or outdentation. And they'd also have like a thing on the back that says, do not open the secured mail or whatever to let you know how important it is. But Just uh, let's partake it, which, yep. I mean, that should send out a red flag right there. They're way too trusting of Bart that, you know, that's another hole in this episode, like emotionally. They are all far too trusting of Bart and none of them like get mad at him for any of his things he does in this. Like he feels bad, but his family doesn't, they don't care. Like there's multiple scenes where Homer's like, yeah, okay. They don't care about the fact that he gave away the dog, except that, uh, you know how Homer feels about giving. (laughs) There's straight up a line Marge says of whatever you think is best, which is like, why would you ever say that to Bart? They make light of that on the commentary. Like, can you imagine an adult mother telling her 10 year old son that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it's a weird front facing Bart when she moves down the envelope too. I've seen him drawn better in front facing. (laughs) Bart then finds one of those classic 90s catalogs of the covet house the covet house i love that it it's like a jay peterman or the uh the what's the one you always see on airplanes sharper image Sky yeah Mall. this is Sky a mix Mall. of uh yeah. sharper image and lillian vernon those are both still catalogs oh i never had a lillian yeah. vernon i had llb i've never seen lillian vernon but apparently it is those sort of like uh you can get you know the best jams ever made and they all have the all titles like the best soup you've ever tasted things like that <laughs> i only knew the peterman ones because that was also on seinfeld that's where yeah. elaine worked I never received those either. That felt like too fancy. We weren't on the list for that. (laughs) (laughs) They took you off the list. But yeah, when Bart's flipping through that catalog, there are like impractical items like a lava lamp, but there's also a nose hair trimmer. I want to think that they were newer in 1997 Mm -hmm. because I think every guy should have one. They're really cheap Mm -hmm. and there's some forest growing out of people's noses when I talk to them. Sometimes (laughs) I'm like, dude, there's, you got problems. You got (laughs) to cut that stuff back. I bought one at your suggestion. I did. Uh, Well, I I wasn't pointing out. You you didn't tell me. No, sorry. That made it sound bad. (laughs) At your insistence. Bob insisted that I buy one. I will not even look at you again, Henry. <laughs> uh, but no, the last time Bob uh, was on his nose clipper soapbox, <laughs> I, it, it did make me go like, I should just buy one. Why not? And uh, I'm a convert too, because it also it like doesn't hurt or anything either. It's just it clips it out. Like, because if I'm talking to somebody and they've got a nose hair hanging out of their nose, it's so distracting. <laughs> it's just like, I can't look at anything else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but catalog shopping in the 90s, I do kind of miss that, though. Actually, I just got a catalog in the mail yesterday. Was it the right stuff anime catalog? You got one too. I got one too. High five. Yeah, we're living 1997 right now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because I did love those right stuff anime catalogs in the 90s because, again, pre-internet, I didn't know what all the anime titles were. And not only, and like the right stuff ones were catalogs, like they were giant uh, phone book size. And they even started with basically a, 10,000 word history of anime in it too, <laughs> which was very pointed to what Right Stuff thinks was the best anime and not a, a completely full. It turns movie. out it's the things they licensed. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most important stuff. But yeah, I, I love getting that catalog. But at the same time, I was like, don't waste your money on this. <laughs> You're an anime company. <laughs> These is mailing, just the price on mailing those out, let alone printing them. I yeah. used to love those like little, those import sheets at the back of gaming magazines. Yeah. Like, showed, like, like what the hell is Zelda Densetsu? 
Yeah. Like, I'd love to order that. $80 is a lot for a video game. There'd be these games you'd never heard of and mm. sequels to games that you knew about. Like, wait, there's a there's a this four? We're on this three. And you had to take like a $90 chance on it even being a real game. Yeah. Or even getting it because you were sending money through the mail to a person and you did have to wait six to eight weeks if you were lucky. Like That's I, one of the things that like got me about this episode is like, it feels quaint even this like 20 years later of, oh, you have to wait more than a week for stuff? Yeah. If, if I don't get something from Amazon in five days, I am furious. <laughs> Kid time was a lot more time. In six to eight weeks, that was like a, a huge chunk of your lifetime. Now, like I'll give to a Kickstarter four years ago and the game will come up like, oh, yeah, I gave money for this. <laughs> and now it's here. <laughs> I guess I have Aegis Defender now. Well, <laughs> Or the Cosmic Star Heroin. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't uh, touched. I've owned that for a while and have not touched it. Lama Milana 2 snuck up on me. <laughs> uh, so Bart gets to ordering, and uh, this is when he shows off all of the stuff he got for his family. Mom, this is for you. 15 pounds of Vancouver smoked salmon. Here, smell it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bart, you didn't have to do that. <laughs> and for Homer... Wow, a golf shirt with my corporate logo on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it smells like salmon, too. <laughs> and for the college bound, 500 Stay Alert capsules. Wow, trucker's choice. <laughs> that is so sweet. Bart, where did you get all this stuff? Let me answer that question with cookware. A frying pan radio? <laughs> wow. I really love how they get that out of the way in the story. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll answer that question with cookware, and she doesn't question it after that. Like, how, how does Bart have access to all of these cool things? There's no possible way. And they should check that a giant box was sent to Santos L. Halper, yeah. not Bart. But the, the family has to be so uninterested in knowledge in this episode <laughs> for this to work, too. That's another weakness plot-wise in this one, I have to say. And also, I think she comes up on every podcast now, but our friend Nina Matsumoto, when she visited us to record with us, she is from Vancouver, and she brought us uh, she brought us smoked salmon. Mm-hmm. And she said at the time, "Sorry, I couldn't bring you fifteen pounds." We didn't realize she was referencing The Simpsons with her amazing <laughs> gift of delicious smoked salmon. So when I was watching this, I DM'd her. I was like, "Were you making a Simpsons reference with your gift?" And she's like, "Yes." And I was like, "Oh my god!" I think I was just I was too much like Marge. Like, oh, I want to smell the salmon. I don't care about this reference. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, I thought it was just a nice gift, but I knew Vancouver was a city. But when I heard it. That the quote of this being Vancouver smoked salmon was completely lost on me as a kid. But I would guess if you lived in Vancouver, it's very memorable when the Simpsons say the name of your city in it. So. Yes, yeah, so please bring me fish no matter where you're from. It's a good <laughs> gift. Make sure it's uh, cured in some way. Nevada smoked salmon. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and have that salmon uh, sealed too, not just <laughs> loose, loose in the box. <laughs> loose yeah. in the box. Uh, but that's this, a value add for the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was very that was very nice for though. I you know I know it's not a reference on the Simpsons, but Maple candy is pretty tasty, too. Mm, it is. Now I'm just, uh, I know Nina's listening to this, so now I'm just listing like, hey, give me this gift. But actually, Bob, you're about to go there. Bring me maple candy back. I'll bring you back, back all okay? the poutine I can put in my pockets. <laughs> no, I can buy poutine down the street. Oh, that's There's right. There's a poutinery here. There's no maple candy factory down the street? Uh, I mean, it's Vermont maple. I want Canadian that's maple. That's true. You know, that golf shirt Homer gets also reminds me of like, the. I think the only gift of, that I got my dad ever that he liked was... <laughs> I picked out just like a normal 
ass golf shirt and he wore it all the time. I've seen my dad. My dad is terrible shopping for clothes. I've gone with him on clothes shopping trips and I want to be done buying clothes immediately. I'm like, there, I bought, here's the five things. Let's get out of here. My dad tries on shirts all fucking day, like for two (laughs) hours and then doesn't buy anything. drives me crazy. I, I think that's something. just a dad thing because like my brother and my sister-in-law got my father a like a monogram shirt that just like mm-hmm. had his initials on it. Every time I go over to their house which is you know like two or three times a year he will show me off that shirt. He's like hey do you see this? <laughs> your brother got this for me. He's like yes dad this has your initials. That's cool. <laughs> that's uh, who I am. <laughs> uh, it tells me that is the perfect Father's Day gift that monogrammed t-shirts <laughs> that it, it impresses all dads. And that Homer's corporate logo is HI which I guess is <laughs> it's just Homer Industries. It's just him, him saying hi. Oh, That's okay. what I always thought it was. Yeah. Just him saying hi. <laughs> I took it to be the initials of Homer Industries, but yeah, you're right. It's in quotes. It's just him <laughs> saying hi. Uh, and the, the Kinks song, that's they, they celebrated on the commentary. It's the first time the Kinks were ever on the show. They had to pay a lot of money to get this <laughs> this uh, frying pan radio joke. There could have been any, it could play any old song. Yeah. Get a cheaper oldie if, if you're worried about your budget. But it's a great song to hear. And then Marge just is like light bomb. Bobbing yeah. of her head is so funny to me. She forgot <laughs> about all the mail fry. I like the idea that you need a radio on the frying pan itself. It can't just be on the side. <laughs> well, like, yeah. like Herb Powell yeah. says, taking no, and actually that's what Homer said, taking existing product and put a radio in it. <laughs> that's exactly, oh my God. During Herb right. Powell's pitch. Yeah, mm, it's connected. Another, it's always funny when you can see, especially a season three joke like that one, or coming back to life in a, in a Bill and Josh episode, that it does seem very cumbersome. The long antenna that sticks out of it just like it seems like it really get in the way of cooking <laughs> yeah and the pet pills he gets lisa which was going to be the b plot of the episode the logo is great it's great it really does True. look like the thing you see at a truck stop uh, by the cash register all the like uh, fda unapproved pills what i always see are like the aphrodisiac it's like a weird cgi of thing of chun li getting fucked and yeah <laughs> i or uh, i miss the like 90 Nine cent cassettes. Those were mm-hmm. those were fun. You to can see. get your Ray Stevens there as many <laughs> as you want. Or now, if you also remember the truck stop favorites of like the five pills. It's like it's just a bunch of pills that look different. <laughs> yeah. Like, what will they do? <laughs> Uh, what won't they do? <laughs> yeah, I really wish they did have a little bit more of Lisa with her pet pill anxiety, as we'll see yeah. in this next Early scene. Smith is so great here. <gasps> Halogen lamps? Kill him, rugs? You can't afford this. How can you afford this? Ah, you've been all edgy and suspicious ever since I gave you those pet pills. What are you talking about? I don't need pet pills to be suspicious. If I want to comment on it, I'll comment on it. Who's going to stop me? You pet pill boy? Pet boys, pills, Beverly Sills. Oh, boy. Oh boy, oh boy, uh oh, uh oh, oh boy. I gotta stop taking those pills again. You think you're so great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the crowning achievement of the dog maker's art. This limited edition collie comes fully trained by Major Jonas Fong, ALBDA. Only 800 will be bred. Quite possibly the world's best dog. Hundred bucks. I better just get one. It's a great joke. So, collies and Lassie, like I, 
I just don't give a shit about Lassie. We we have covered this before, but Lassie was when I knew Nickelodeon had become bad in the afternoon. I was like, well, I got to do something else as a kid because Lassie's on and I can't watch that. At, at least give me Dennis the Menace or something there. <laughs> but yeah, Imran, you were talking about uh, you did some Lassie research before the podcast. I think we talked a bit about it. It has as many it has as many episodes as like One Piece. There's yeah. 20 years of Lassie. It was Good from Lord. like 1954 to I think 1979. It lasted a long time. Yeah. Wow. Like I was surprised because I didn't realize it started as a short story that they then there was a movie and the TV show was based on that movie. Yes. I think there were a series of movies. In fact, one of them, The Painted Hills, is a Mystery Science Theater episode. That's right. Yeah. Yes. And it might have been originally based on a book uh, too, but mm. I think the movies came first. Laddie is such a fun, lazy adaptation <laughs> of Lassie too. I really like that. They never did the like whistling opening parody. I'm kind of glad they didn't. I yeah. think that was a little played out by then. Like the Ben Stiller show did that in like 1992. It's, With Manson? Yeah. Charles Manson? That was yeah. great. Uh, and so now it was five years after that. As we found out from our podcast with Bill Oakley, our live show, they were hesitant to do something like that's a played out joke. Everybody's made that joke kind of thing. Like they did with rectal probing. Yeah. <laughs> the actually, only show to pr- compare rectal probing to Lassie. There aren't. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I think it's actually really appropriate that Lassie is such a boring show and a boring dog. Being yeah. Like the perfect dog. Cause that's kind of what gets Bart's goat in this episode. Yeah. It, too boring and perfect. That's true. And it, there's no real Lassie parody here. They don't do the Lassie jokes at all. There are no Lassie, you know, stuck in a well. What yeah, is a boy? Those things. Thing. Yeah. Kind of a thing with Baby Gerald later, but yeah. That's but it also they rob you the chance of seeing what actually happened. <laughs> I mean, Laddie does some cool stuff, but I think Lassie is more like dependable and honest and reliable. But Laddie is like this amazing super genius. Seeing how good Yardley was in this scene too. If they had expanded this on a B plot, it had really given uh, Lisa some memory lines to say and being like crazy all over the place like she the only other time she got to get fucked up within the show and be crazy was when she drank the water in uh, it's a small world and was saying i am the lizard queen but in this case we only get a small taste of it from yardley which i now that i am getting to know yardley smith's like personal life a little bit more because she has her own podcast now too as as must all humans (laughs) Um, she start your own today uh, but don't compete with us don't you dare I feel bad when she doesn't get to like flex her muscles and she just has one line in the episode. Why would you do that, Bart? Like she she needs to be given more than that. I was kind of curious. I didn't. I forgot to look it up. But I was how m- many years after the famous Saved by the Bell episode of Jesse uh, getting hooked on like pet pills? It's probably it? a good six years, six or seven years. That was like an early early nineties one. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, that show in in its form that we all know it as was like three or four years okay like 80 episodes it feels episodes. like way longer to me yeah. as a kid and it was re- it was reran as much as the simpsons like i, I <laughs> like there were like five channels that played it every afternoon and it wasn't a first season saved by the bell one either because i don't recall in that episode zach talking to camera Mm-mm. if he isn't talking to camera then you know it's a lesser episode well, uh, you looking it up and and where was miss bliss oh zach <laughs> oh zach uh that pachinko machine too that's that's what i'm kind of glad they went with that over a video game because that's just obvious all kids play video games but what's really expensive is your own smaller but functioning pachinko machine well we did get a racist a racist impression yeah, I, was yeah too. I, I didn't play that for that reason yeah yeah well i mean you want to talk about it i not- mean it's i when watching that i started thinking about like how much did simpsons contribute to that idea of the 
exotic kind of goofy Japanese. Yeah. Especially in the early 2000s of like the English.com sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think uh, based on the commentary, they were really drawing from their own childhoods in that I guess pachinko machines were starting to become a, a fun home novelty in America in the 60s and 70s. And like George Myers family had one and Josh Weinstein's family had one. It was like you would pick a foosball table or a pachinko machine. That was the thing you'd buy <laughs> yeah. in the 70s. There's always been a, like for the last 50, post-war, there's been a different toy you import from Japan and that's the cool thing to import. And so I guess pachinko machines was that for the 70s. It's just, uh, it makes me cringe just like when we did the Twisted World of Marge Simpson, hearing one of the white guys on the cast doing a Japanese accent. Yeah. It just makes me cringe. And I, again, I don't, I don't see a racist intent to or right. or a negative intent to it but it's just like ignorance at worst yeah like, and pachinko yeah. machines if you see modern ones they're just like so complicated there's like <laughs> mini games and slot machines and so many things baked into them just Basically like systems movies that play one yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, though i mean now in 2018 if i still see people do like this is so wacky in japan types news stories i'm like come japan's on. at it again come on guys yeah every time they do that i'm like oh i want that thing yeah like, not because it's wacky because it looks cool and i am guilty of in the past writing you know the wacky japan stuff but i think like people are still unwilling to admit that japanese people can write things that are funny and know they're funny (laughs) it's like can you believe it there's not intentionality to this humor it's just weird because they think it's normal like no 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 like i saw i forget what site i probably wouldn't name it if i remembered but there was a thing of you know those kirby plushes that you can like put your head into yeah like those were big on twitter like oh japan is so crazy it's Mm -hmm. like they know what they're doing. They yeah. know it looks weird, but that's the that's the point of it. It's a funny toy, and you laugh that you have it. Yeah. Like they don't think it's normal. They think it's a fun novelty to have. That's like saying like Americans think this fake vomit is real vomit. Buy <laughs> it. Well, and they crazy. put their keys in fake dog poop. <laughs> what nutty people! <laughs> well, actually, I was thinking of this too because uh, Defunct Land, one of my favorite uh, YouTube mm-hmm. series, they did one about a closed ride that's in Tokyo Disney, and he played archival in the video of it they played archival footage from a an american news story about tokyo disneyland opening in the 90s yeah and every fuck like the guy did four different jokes of like they might be stealing our cars but they also want to steal our disney it's just like you won't be too short for any ride here at tokyo (laughs) disneyland (laughs) and that's what i liked about defunct land that they're like boy that was racist huh anyway like i'm glad he called that out on it so that was just in the 90s normal i mean not good but normalized for sure it's the kids of people in the 90s that realized japan was superior and better and not (laughs) should not be mocked in any way better animation better food (laughs) the greatest and bart's whole room reminds me of big too Mm -hmm. the scene in big when he gets the money and it's just all the junk a kid would buy all the southwestern style things that were taking off in the 90s too those carpets and everything i really like those those were a nice touch and his jukebox like i think if they'd stopped on the jukebox longer you'd see that it was one of those jukebox with like liquid in it too Mm, like the bubbly bubbles yeah yeah I miss I miss jukebox. I guess I could buy one myself. That'd take up a lot of space. <laughs> I, uh, or uh, that's 
the jukeboxes of our generation are buying old arcade machines and putting them in your house and then never touching it. <laughs> my a friend of mine, he bought a Neo Geo one uh, arcade machine off of another pal, and I then every time I visit him, be like, "Oh, that's interesting in your kitchen." Walk away. Like we never ever played it. We don't plug it in anymore. <laughs> and I think he eventually sold it to when he moved to another person who would not play it. The cursed arcade machine. <laughs> yes, yeah. They did a really good job on writing accurate text of selling the perfect dog to people in those magazines. Like that's really well observed and good writing in this episode. And I, again, I only knew about the Peterman style catalog text entries because that's what Elaine would write on Seinfeld. They would have like short stories attached to them about like how the person <laughs> found the garment or what they were doing when they were wearing it. Though the price on Laddie, I did look this one up. Okay. Price is right time guys. What do you think is the going rate for a purebred collie these days? Well, I have an exotic pet and I got my African gray parrot in 2002 and he was a thousand dollars. Woo! So wow. I would say a purebred dog, like an ultra purebred dog of this variety, um, maybe like I'm gonna go over and say three thousand. Okay, I'll say thirty-five hundred. All right. Well, it is eighteen hundred to ten thousand. <laughs> That's 10, a giant range. That's a pretty broad. <laughs> well, if you'd said ten thousand, then uh, the. That, okay, fine. Sorry, that was a bad game. I mean, I, it was I, an evil game. I'm sorry. I, I think uh, I've got I've got two friends now with Shebas, and I think they're really pricey too. Mm. I I like the cosmetics and the fashionableness of a cute dog and a cute dog breed, but also I am more I am more of the feeling of adopt don't shop when it comes to pets. I said the don't shop. No, <laughs> I mean don't chop your dogs, but no, I, I don't mean that. You know, there's lots of dogs who aren't a specific pure breed who they have all the love they want to give you to. I actually, we didn't talk about our feelings about dogs and if we've had dogs yet on the show, at least in this episode. I'm curious as to what everybody thinks. I've never had a dog. I've only owned weird animals. Wow. Like my sister was allergic to basically everything like Uh. air, grass, uh, love, (laughs) everything. So we never had animals growing up. It was only until we got older that my mom, I think we got rabbits first and then cats and then like bearded dragons and all this weird shit like birds. But um, I think my family was just, they, they were just working class people who worked too much and they're like, I got to take a dog for a walk and I got to clean up their shit. I don't want to do any of this stuff. Let's have a nice inside pet. They can poop in a box. It'll be fine. And I've never had a dog, but I love dogs. and I love having friends with dogs because I can just go and do all the dog interaction stuff and none of the cleanup. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's also like visiting friends with kids as well. <laughs> yeah, except I don't like that <laughs> at all. <laughs> I didn't start liking dogs until actually a couple of years ago. Like uh, Wow. When I was very young, maybe like two, three years old, I was outside with my dad and he was like watering the plants or whatever. And a one of the neighbor's dogs was a giant Doberman. I don't think he meant any ill will, but kind of just jumped on me. And as a freaking out three-year-old, I was like, oh no, yeah. oh no. Uh, and that yeah. caused the dog to bark in my face, which kind of like traumatized me for a number of years of like being afraid of dogs and like when i started to get older dogs just want to have fun and like jump in your face and like love you they don't want to actually like freak you out or anything within recent years i've started been like okay i I would actually really like a dog. Wow, that's a nice... Well, it's nice you can overcome your fear, too, yeah. there. I like that. I actually had a bad episode with a dog as a kid, too, though that didn't prevent my parents from owning dogs. <laughs> I had... Uh, Keep so, you in line, Henry. <laughs> until I was five, we had two dogs, a beagle who literally bit my face when I was two, and they just kept that dog <laughs> like it. And will uh, grow back. Yeah. No, I, I had a tiny scar over my right eyebrow for a long time, mm. but... Uh, 
then, then as I grew, the scar went away. Like child scars go away faster. As long not as me. I've got a coffee side. table scar like right here. <laughs> oh man, geez. Uh, well, I guess I'm the lucky one then. But in the '80s coffee tables were sharp. They cut you in half. <laughs> but but so we had those two dogs. They both died when I was like five, and I think when the 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 good dog, the Dalmatian we had died, I was so heartbroken by it. I think my parents just didn't want to get another dog because it was just too. I got too sad. Uh, and then we got cats when I was like 13. And fortunately, I moved away before those cats passed away. So I didn't have to deal with that grief too close. And since then, I haven't really had any pets. And now I just feel like as a person who lives in an apartment, how could I ever have a dog? Like that would never, I would want the dog. It, my apartment's big enough for a cat to have a fine time. Though then that in both cases, they destroy all my toys. I'm looking at my Mario <laughs> stuffed guys down there. They tear them apart. The dog would just I think feel that fine. way about dogs and children. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Hands off yeah. my toys. These are my toys. <laughs> I worked hard to buy these toys. I have some affection for dogs and i like when my friends have dogs and i can hang out with them but uh, pretty much that's it yeah I, I wonder if there are any collie owners out here who could tell us that are they the perfect dog are they a good dog breed who follows orders i want all you pitbull weirdos stay out of the comments <laughs> <laughs> bob you leave pitbulls alone You're they've <laughs> suffered enough i think they're fine i love pitbulls they're very nice but whenever i see them smiling i just think of that mouth around my neck <laughs> <laughs> they just want to love you bob they look like the high school bully of dogs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Laddie arrives and is pretty awesome. Gets its own fruit to give to everybody. This was the time I noticed that Bart is wearing a monogrammed yeah. robe as well. Just another of the things he bought on credit. But uh, now we get to see how much everyone loves Laddie. Do a backflip, Laddie. <laughs> oh, he's so smart. And so handsome. Bart, I just love him. Hi, March. Hi, Santa's little helper. Hi, kid. Hey, that's not Santa's little helper. That's Laddie. Bart says he won him at a church carnival two towns over. In a truth-telling contest, right, Bart? Uh, to the best of my recollection, yes. Wow, I gotta start going to church. What do you got for me, boy? <laughs> hey, this says we should feed him lots of eggs and olive oil to ensure a glossy coat. Oh, yeah. A dog like this you have to feed every day. He's trained to do all sorts of stuff. He can herd sheep and perform CPR. Some call it the dog that never sleeps, though it actually does, while jogging. Jeez, that dog has more education than I do. He's some kind of super dog. Hey, where'd he go? So I don't think at this point I was watching The Simpsons with my parents as often, but that line from Homer, this is a dog you have to feed every day. <laughs> I remember my mom really laughing at that <laughs> joke for some reason. The implication that Homer abuses their <laughs> current dog without even knowing he does it is pretty great. And yet he says hi to Santa's little helper before he says hi to the kids. Yeah. <laughs> or he said, I was listening in this time. He says like, hi, kid. I think, Not, I think he stopped himself. I think he meant uh, to say okay. kids. Hi, kid. Hey. Yeah. Okay. But, I like it better to think that he just sees Bart or Lisa <laughs> and just calls them high kid. They're one monolithic entity. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that after things like My Sister, My Sitter, that Lisa is not trying to bust Bart. She knows he's lying, but she's not really intervening in this at all. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't know why Lisa, maybe that maybe that was part of the B-plot. Maybe they would like intersect like Lisa in Pep Pills would be focused on trying to bust Bart for this and or losing could, her mind. Bart could blackmail her back and yeah. say like, well, you're addicted to these Pep Pills, so 
so you're on the hook too. No, you're again, the whole, the family has to act very uninterested in, in the reality to, for this plot to work. I think every time Marge asks a question, he should give her a new cookware. There should be a, a new scene every act. Like, how about this mom? A new something radio. I love Marge reading brochures. Like yeah. it's always funny to me when she While reads jogging. brochures. <laughs> the backflip animation on the dog is pretty good. It's a realistic dog backflip. And all the noises he's making. Frank Welker does a good job. He was assigned to do what a dog sounds like who's the good dog and what the bad dog sounds like too. It's pretty and they are distinct dog noises. And the two towns over thing is a pretty funny uh, excuse. It comes too. up again. <laughs> also a truth telling contest at a church. Like how do you lose <laughs> I got to ask, like, damn, I lied. I guess there was that game show to tell the truth. Mm, I don't remember what the how you did that one. I don't. I think uh, there were three panelists, and one of them was the real person. You had to uh, guess which one was the real person. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Seems like everything's going pretty good for him until he gets a phone call. Hello? Hello, Mr. Helper. I'm calling from Money Bank Credit Services Department. I was wondering if you had a chance to read the threatening letter we sent you. (laughs) Because you sound like a mature, responsible person who wouldn't want an unpaid credit card bill to spoil all his hopes and dreams for the future. Dreams such as home ownership, boat ownership, and event attendance. Now, when can I tell my supervisor, Mr. Robinson, to expect payment? (laughs) Good dog. I really love uh, being personable and threatening, and also <laughs> yeah, like inferring Mr. Robinson is a big deal. Mr. Robinson, yeah. you know about him, yeah. <laughs> that he like kind of straightens up, like Mr. Robinson. <laughs> I also heard in that him trying to say like I don't like my boss, Mr. Robinson, or maybe Mr. I mean, uh, all of those calls are monitored as they tell you before they start. So Mr. Robinson is listening, and he's gotta <laughs> yeah. he's gotta suck up a little bit. He's always like, you don't want this to go to Mr. Robinson, do you? That uh, a great Harry Shearer voice here of the threat. And a vet attendance. (laughs) I like the the, the escalation of home ownership, boat ownership, and event attendance. (laughs) That's the ultimate there, attending events. And his, I have gotten phone calls like these when I've been late on uh, credit card bills, Mm -hmm. or I think the, uh, I got them too when I had, I owed like a hundred bucks to Blockbuster Video, which like, ha, <laughs> hey, fuck you guys. But <laughs> I See you in hell, Blockbuster. <laughs> I didn't really get any of the phone calls until they sold it off to another company that then they call me for it. But uh, I'm not bragging or anything, anybody. I have a lot of student loan debt, but I have, I have good credit. And I think credit ratings are evil. Yes. Mm, they're they're evil. And I hate when we write stories about other countries like China has a social credit system. And if you're good, they let you do certain things. But if you're bad, they don't let you do certain things. That happens here. It's a credit rating. Yeah. <laughs> it controls everything. Well, that's that's also when we talk about the human rights violations in other countries. You know how many people are in prison in America, yeah. right? It's like, you know, do you you know that stuff? Yeah. Well, the credit rating system, it it's pretty evil, yes. Mm. And uh very punitive about for people who are outside of uh the mainstream, I would say too. Yeah, like my credit is good. I still owe about forty to fifty thousand in student loan debt. Woo. And that is about half of what it used to be. Uh, 15 years ago or 10 years ago so don't go to college (laughs) it's a big scam those phone calls too my tip when you get the creditor phone calls is never identify yourself say oh who are you calling for like they say your name again and you're like hmm and who can I say is calling and if at that point you hear it's a credit service or even just like ally blah 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 you're like and hang up I my, say I'm driving right now, so can I call you back? My <laughs> philosophy is never answer the phone. Never yeah. take any phone calls. <laughs> 
But what if it's from the same area code as a parent? That, and then it could... You Is always, that why they do that? It, oh, exactly. Yeah, oh, you yeah. think it's the hospital. If it's your hometown area code and you think it's the hospital or something, and then th- th- I guess they think you'll want to buy the thing when you hear them on the other end instead of being furious that they just made you think a horrible thing happened. The hospital can leave a message. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if someone is going to call me on my phone, their number will be in my phone. And if not, if it's important, they will leave a voicemail. <laughs> if I get no voicemail, it's like, oh yeah, that was spam. Like, mm. I have nothing to worry about. And I wonder how much harder it is for these companies to exist in an era and that we all kind of have caller ID <laughs> built in to all of our devices. Millennials are killing the <laughs> debt collection. <laughs> yeah, the, the scam industry. <laughs> It does feel like a weakness in this episode that Santa's little helper never feels bad, like when Bart takes Laddie walking instead of him. But I kind of... I get the joke, but I feel like they need to anthropomorphize him a little bit. They don't want to make... I think it was that they didn't want to make the audience feel too sad. Mm. Like, they, they don't want you to hate Bart too much. If Bart is seeing that Santa's little helper is crying from inattention and just be all depressed, then you really hate Bart for because he is, in a way, abusing a dog. I think we should hate Bart, because he really sucks in this episode yeah. and he, he's being mean to an animal which I've got a real problem with I don't think they want you to hate Bart yeah that's, that's my problem <laughs> but I do like that Santa's little helper is portrayed as too stupid to have feelings <laughs> I, I do like that it's a little darker but yeah <laughs> so Bart heads off and buries his credit card instead of cutting it up buries it whole in the ground next to the corpse of some mafia <laughs> enemy I guess I, I was sad that uh, Pat Tony didn't talk there mm, that's money they actually mess up the voices on that scene too if I recall correctly oh yeah Louis sounds like Le- I think Louis and Legs's voice are yeah, uh, switch. switched around there, and it's again. And this feels like one of the ones they're not trying as, as hard. Maybe <laughs> it's also it, expensive to fix. Yes, yeah. It's it's like eh, who cares if it's Louis, mm-hmm. Louis or Legs? Bart gets home, and I have to say that this actually is one of the biggest uh, continuity problems oh, I no. have with this. Is just that, like Homer and Marge going for a walk with the Flanders that would never happen <laughs> ever. It's so conspicuous that. I think just don't even give a reason why they're yeah. gone. Yeah. They went grocerying. Why not just yeah. say that? They went to the grocery store. They went had, to the food jobber. Or have a funny line to yeah. say why they're gone. Dad like, got his head stuck in blank, whatever. Yes, yeah. So it feels like it doesn't come back. You don't see them on a walk with the flight. Like, Maybe that was something that was cut out, like a callback to that was cut out later in the B plot. <laughs> I have to take this dog for a walk. That's way better than walking Ned or whatever. That doesn't, it feels like there could have been like a family guy style cutaway to them walking and Homer not wanting to talk to Ned or something, something silly happens. Instead, there's just nothing. And it's just, it's weird. It's, it also just feels, I'm disappointed when the Simpsons ever misses an opportunity to cram another joke in. There's potential there. Like Homer does clearly is not on board with any part of this plan. And instead it's just an easy line of like, Oh, why are the, uh, why are my, Mom and dad here. They went on the walk with the Flanders. Anyway, and this and this act is super super long yeah. too. It's like a nine minute long act, I think. Yeah, because uh, it ends at like ten oh five in the file, and the opening is like a minute twelve. So it's almost nine minutes. It's basically a nine minute first act, which is about as long as a first act gets on The Simpsons. You know, that's another thing that kind of hurts this episode too, that end of act one, oh, I'm sad my dog is gone. End of act two, I'm sad my dog is gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you don't even get variety with the act break. What is the act break on act two? I totally forget. I'm sure I'll remember when we get to it. Uh, him deciding to go get the dog. Okay, yeah. After uh, not making his uh, tears smell like dog food. That's right. Oh yeah, that's a great act break. <laughs> uh, sure. But first in this act break, Bart has to give away Santos L. Halper. 
Flanders. Bart, what's Come going on. on? Why are those repo guys taking all your stuff? The dog and I got a credit card and... Credit card? Oh, I knew you're up to no good. <laughs> okay, so I committed a little mail fraud. Haven't I been punished enough? <laughs> hey, stop! You can take back the bassinet, but the baby's ours! And the last item is one $1,200 dog. Is that him? <laughs> Well, is he the dog or isn't he? Yeah, that's him, all right. <laughs> Sorry, boy. I didn't plan this. It just sort of happened. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, I now I'm thinking like why didn't Lisa bust Bart for any of this? Yeah. Bart, like clearly the parents will know the parents Homer and Marge will notice <laughs> my frying pan is missing, half of my salmon is gone, my my shirt is gone. What happened, Bart? What happened to all this stuff? Why is your room different now? <laughs> it actually just occurred to me why didn't Lisa like I guess her chasing after Maggie was why she didn't notice the dog thing happening. Yeah, but she could have pieced two and two together pretty easily there. Pretty quickly, she's kind of surprised by it too. I uh, feel like that B plot was going to connect yeah. all these pieces. <laughs> Those pet pills would have been the distraction to explain why she doesn't care. It when you take that B plot out, you you lose a uh, part of it. I do like though the callback to Repo Depot. They they last seen in season three when they it's the hardest part of my job. <laughs> and they repossessed a crib in that one too. That's like, right. <laughs> uh, I left us all hanging, by the way. The Pep Pill episode of Say by the Bell was from 1990. Okay. Ah, okay. Wow. A classic. She's so excited and so scared. Yep. <laughs> but I feel that way when I drink too much coffee, which is always. <laughs> Are you feeling that right now? Yes, I'm terrified. <laughs> uh, but, but also happy. <laughs> uh, but the, also, I got to put some of the guilt on Laddie because he lets another dog go in his stead. That's like Jean Valjean allowing mm. that uh, that person to go to jail for him had he done so. Laddie's paws are dirty. <laughs> also, this is the only time Laddie does not listen to the directions because Bart tells him to go hide. Then the next scene, like the when Bart's, he's watering yeah, the lawn, he's watering the lawn like right in front of the repo man. Oh man, he's trying to sell out SLH, <laughs> make Bart have that hard decision to make. Yeah, I got to make sure Bart sees me so he knows to keep me instead of Santa's little helper. They complain on the commentary too of like that's an unwieldy name, Santa's little helper, but we're just stuck with it. That's though that's another of those season one jokes that they're like it's funny if they have to say this like Snowball too, and then you know eight years later they're like we hate making this joke every. That's time. why we're saying SLH so many times. Yes, he's. T- Tearing apart the family album, which is like, that's what he did in Bart's Dog Gets Neff. He is completely regressed to season two SLH. Uh, and Bart just watches him driven away, which somehow Lisa doesn't notice. I I do like Bart's very like realistic, crappy explanation of like, look, I didn't plan this. It just kind of happened. You understand that I'm giving you away. Got me a break here. That's that's a good, bad, guilty acting on his it's part. It's not yeah. my fault if consequences happen by someone else's actions. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you can't blame me. That's also his great line where he says, like, haven't I been punished enough? It's like, nothing happened to you. You're People are taking away the things you stole basically and that's it and your parents never find out and this is after bart already didn't get caught for a similar scam of steel of get, renting a car that's right <laughs> all those phone calls which uh, led to nothing uh so when we come back everybody is still loving laddie and not even missing santa's little helper mom can i feed laddie the table mm, it's against the house mm. oh i guess just this once <laughs> I don't know about this dog. He's kind of snooty. 
Homer, are you wearing a tie to impress Laddie? Do you think he noticed? (laughs) (laughs) Where's Santa's little helper? Hmm? Um, I took him to a kennel. Two towns over, just till the new dog gets settled. Well, we wrecked the first dog. We've got to treat this one right. Bart, why don't you take Laddie for another walk? No, Bart had his turn. Let me. I can't resist his charms. Let's all walk, Laddie. <laughs> They're all in love. Like, Marge puts on makeup for the dog. They <laughs> they are romantically attracted to him, I think. It's but weird. Not, not questioning how Bart had the money to put a dog in a kennel. Two yep. towns, out, not that Two towns over, yeah. <laughs> too far to investigate. <laughs> they're all so accepting of it. They just, just, I guess they're too enchanted by Laddie to ask questions. But they also keep putting food in SLH's bowl, thinking something's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> they only now get the information from Bart that he's missing. I like the fact that Tomer is like Sundere in love with Laddie. <laughs> nah. yeah, it's not <laughs> like, like I he's love so him. snooty. <laughs> <laughs> and when I, I also love the the way they draw Laddie back when he says snooty that Laddie. He just looks at him like a dog, like just like like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so they head out to the dog park, which they never go to. So it's fun to see the Springfield Dog Park, a new part of Springfield. And uh, dog parks are fun, though. I only ever just walk by them occasionally because I don't have a dog. So they're fun uh, to li- they're fun to look at dogs if you don't mm-hmm. have one. Uh, they could have worked in Lovejoy's dog here. Do yeah. your dirty business. <laughs> I guess I had to save Lovejoy for a little bit later in yeah. this episode. But uh, all the folks who love Laddie here is so funny, and I think. At the end, here's my line of the episode. That's the joke. Hey, that is one fine-looking animal you got there. Wow, TV's Kent Brockman. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, this fellow's not available to stud, is he? You want some puppies, eh, Mr. Brockman? No, no, Jessica's been fixed. She just needs a little attention. Why, that canine is the proud bearing and glossy fur coat of a Yale man. Hello, little fella. Smithies, I believe this dog was in skull and bones. <laughs> oh, cool dog. Can he catch a frisbee? <laughs> Boy, Bart, Laddie's the best dog in the world. He's nothing like your old dog. Santa's little helper? Guess I was the only one who loved him. You got that right. (laughs) Remember the time you ate my goldfish and you lied to me and said I never had any goldfish? But why'd I have the ball, Bart? Why did I have the ball? (laughs) Yeah. He was a great dog. Bart's pulling the wrong information out of that conversation. That is probably, I think, one of the best Millhouse lines, period. I love that. Yeah. yeah that's, Just the that's... fact that Bart uh, gaslit Millhouse into thinking he never had goldfish. It is it's... like you could tell that at some point Millhouse realized it and had this line prepared yeah. for how to confront Bart about it. It's like, it. I'm finally going to tell Bart off about this if it ever comes up again. And Bart isn't listening. He's like... Yeah, he was a pretty great dog. Like, and like the like the bowl is a smoking gun. Like I, aha, that proves I had goldfish. So no, your memory does the fact that you remember having goldfish. And then he just walks away from Bart, angry. And then still Bart is like, yeah, he was a pretty good. He was a pretty. I feel great like dog. he walked away like confident, like yeah, I, I showed him. I got it. Finally, <laughs> oh, it's off my chest. Like I've unburdened myself of the lies my friend had told me. But yeah, he's just like, why did I have the bull? Like, God, so funny. Good animation on him too. <laughs> and the uh, yeah, Kent Brockman trying to hire a uh, sex worker for his <laughs> dog is that's uh, very weird. And. Uh, <laughs> 
And Burns, the they love a good Yale joke. I think this is their first Skull and Bones Yale joke. Now we know yeah. all about Skull and Bones, having had a Skull and Bones president. I'm more and than a couple. Skull and Bones Supreme Court Justice. Yeah. What's the deal? You jerk off in a coffin while your dad is there? How's that uh, work? Yeah. On the bones of a Native American as well. This, this like, is all true? I How mean, much of it checks out? The Joshua Jackson film, The <laughs> Skulls, is anything to go by. I think us non-Yaleys are not supposed to know what happens there. <laughs> so uh, Laddie played the Devil's Triangle, which is a game of catch. Yeah. Yes. Oh, God. I heard it's a game of tiddlywinks. Those fucking Yaleys. Now I'm more on the side of Harvard than Yale. I haven't seen any. I mean, Harvard only educated all the other war criminals. Yeah. That actually reminds history. me. There's a Harvard joke that we missed earlier on. Was, uh, oh, yes. Yeah. The ALBDA, which is a Harvard Extension School degree. Oh, I didn't. I, I looked it up and I couldn't find out what that was. Wow. Okay. So the dog, the guy who trained the dog was a Harvard graduate. Yes. Okay. Wow. wow. Yeah. And there's a lampoon joke coming up uh, or lampoon reference coming up a little later, too. But the. The Yale, I mean, this is all Harvard writers making fun of Yale, so I like that. And uh, it was uh, one of the fun respites from the uh, horribleness of the Brett Kavanaugh trial was seeing... Bill Oakley makes some funny Yale joke references <laughs> during that. I yeah, all like the that. Simpsons writers were, were baring their teeth at Yaleys. <laughs> They're like, finally, I'm free to do so. Now, that Skull and Bones thing, that really takes me back to 2004 in the Fahrenheit 9-11 era because I remember seeing Fahrenheit 9-11 and leaving and then seeing basically proto-Infowar guys, like guys who didn't have Infowars yet to talk on. But they were just like, well, you guys going to vote for Kerry? He's a Skull and Bones too. It's all the same secret society man <laughs> and uh now i think about it it's just like well yeah they were all in the same secret society but they're also in the larger secret society of being rich yes exactly <laughs> that, that's like, not secret <laughs> they don't they don't need a club or a secret handshake to decide they're going to help each other and enrich one another with cronyism and friendliness they all just agree to that by being wealthy and they do it publicly too yeah it's not there's no secret to it but that's isn't that boring though you want a conspiracy in a secret society <laughs> that's running it all I know all the evil is out of the shadows now it's not even fun anymore to have conspiracy uh, theories now it's yeah. just web message boards yeah Exactly. That's, Reddit's. That's why people have to try to find like, oh, no, the real evil is still secretly hiding. It's from all those secret SGWs and trans groups. They're really hiding the real secrets. And the there. reverse vampires. They're, they're all working together. As of this uh, recording, the press secretary is using a gift from InfoWars <laughs> to prove that a reporter assaulted a White House intern. Like a sped up karate chop? Yes. Yeah. Uh, pretty great. Pretty great. Should put some anime speed lines in there, too. <laughs> like, uh, like he puts the arm down and like the GTO theme starts playing. Uh, it was very much like the... It was very much like the Mr. Simpson, no! Yes. Uh, I made a gift of that, by the way. So when Bart walks away from the dog park, I think they should have lingered on the shot a little longer because it's a cool shot. of Everyone has a dog and is hanging out with it except for Bart. Yeah, you're right. walking away from it. If they spent just a little bit longer there, I think it would have more revealed the emotional thrust of this episode being Bart at least really missing his dog. Which is odd because they did that with Bart's soul. Like they, yeah. they did a very deep dive into his emotional state in that episode. And here they just kind of don't focus on it that much. Yeah. Uh, in, and in that wide shot, this was the first time I caught the like, when Milhouse walked away, he went back to his little doggy that we'd last seen oh, in yeah. Density. The unnamed dog. Bart, meanwhile, is so scared for Santa's little helper. Oh, Santa's little helper, I was crazy to give you up for another dog. What have I done to you? Uh-huh. Captain, can't we go any faster? I greatly fear we shan't be in Wimbledon by noonfall. <laughs> no worries, madam. Lovely! <laughs> 
Shyamalan, more dogs, won't you? Aye, aye. More dogs! <laughs> more dogs! In the Yeah, that's not too likely. But still, you're gone. Where are you, boy? <laughs> Noonfall is a great made-up word. And also, <laughs> yeah. Yardley Smith gets to do another voice. That is kind of distracting. I like her. when they give her another thing to do. Yeah, I know. You know I, it's her, but I mean, come on, give her something else to do. She's really good in it. I And it's not like, you're not thinking that's Lisa in disguise, but I guess it is a weird, it's just a choice they made after like season two or three where Nancy... Nancy, Julie, or Yardley, they feel are too distracting playing a woman. So they kind of rarely do. Nancy does it more often playing a one-off woman character than Yardley or or Julie does. But it's especially weird with Yardley, though. It, she does such a good job with that voice. Mm. And all the dogs in the shovel just look so happy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're yeah. like looking around like, what's happening? What's happening? And they're just all like happily sitting. Like they were told like, sit. And yeah. they are not, re- they're not resisting in any way. It's never really called out, but I've noticed a couple of times Bart has a weird cultural fascination with like middle English, like a Victorian yeah. English. Yeah. It really fits with his Rudiger. Tis, replied Ed Helga. <laughs> Tis. His, his nickname of Rudiger. Also his, uh, and I'll be, uh, I'll be a shine your boots, governor. That's, that's, that is a lot of what Bart is into. I think it's more of what John Schwartzwalder is into. <laughs> mm. Or uh, Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein. Also, I wonder if that boat seems rather similar to the boat of the damned from uh, the Homer hides on in kidney trouble. Mm. Oh yeah, boy, they didn't like that boat <laughs> on, that, yeah. on that commentary. Actually, <laughs> They cut out someone saying that it's more dogs. Yeah. <laughs> which is good, which is good because I like the idea that Bart's dream is not a real thing that happens, <laughs> that steam sh- uh, steamships are fueled by dogs. Hearing hearing the foghorn is funny enough that yeah. Bart, Bart shouldn't hear that sitting at home in, in Springfield. <laughs> so there <In> you go. <laughs> uh, so meanwhile, Bart is just getting annoyed by how much Laddie, how overly helpful Laddie is. That's why we had the funny uh, opening line there of the uh the the card that's being told to walk him that feels like a very john swartzwaldery idea the fact that the dog has these cards drops off it's like where is he keeping them <laughs> bart can't find them and that they somehow know they're non-transferable too. and that they're obligated to follow the rules of the car like <laughs> yeah. well you gotta do it he gave you a card uh so bart takes him out for a walk and he's forced to save him from an uh, off-screen fire and this is when we finally get a name for one of bill and josh's great Greatest creations in Simpsons history. Joe, laddie, thank you for your heroic rescue. And baby Gerald, we can't help but wonder what (laughs) mischief you'll get into next. Now can we go home? Laddie, save the day, Simpson. We sure could use a dog like that on the floors. Why don't you guys take him? I thought he was the right dog for me, but I guess I made a mistake. Really? No fooling? Ah, gee, thanks, mister. We'll take real good care of him, and we'll play with him every day. Honest. Mm. Ah. 
<laughs> and we are we are kind of screwed out of seeing what actually happened, you know, the, yeah. the scene. But yeah, Baby Gerald, first scene in, I believe, Lady Bouvier's Lover season five. There yes. aren't any other babies. <laughs> Maggie doesn't like the other babies. There's actually a really nice piece of animation with Baby Gerald where like his eyes blink kind of independently. <laughs> so he looks a lot stranger. Okay, weird. I totally missed that. That's awesome. Uh, and he arches his eyebrows. Being t- like, he is an evil baby. <laughs> Lisa is right to be angry and scared of baby Gerald. <laughs> what I like about this, like it's, it's the same day they're having that same like thing because Bart's still tired. He's like, I want to go home. <laughs> yeah. So like he saved the baby and then they immediately just go to the mayor's office to... He has to attend the ceremony. <laughs> yeah. It's been within the hour. <laughs> and but, I mean, then, getting rid of Laddie does not really get solve his problem. No. And uh, him choosing to give him away, I mean, it's nice to give him to Wiggum and it will, this is one of the better plotting bits in the episode because this will come back for the ending. Yeah. And I love Wiggum's childish reaction. Like, oh, really, mister? Like, he's calling Bart mister. <laughs> mister yeah. And he's just saddest. I'll when, take care of him every day, I swear. <laughs> when Laddie is licking him, it's satisfying. Like, <laughs> I just love a Wiggum noise. It's always funny. It does show how exhausting it would be to have a hero pet. Yeah. It's like, I just want to go home, but you have to save the baby. Yeah. <laughs> so Bart gives away the one of his dogs. And uh, I also, again... Cutting out what the family would feel, they should be very angry that Bart gave away the perfect dog. They, they all love. They all love Laddie so much. He's not Bart's dog. He's yeah. the family dog. That's like I couldn't give away one of my cats, even if it was technically of the cats I had as a kid. We had two that were the family cat. One my brother picked, and one I picked. And I love. I would never give away Jack. I loved him, but I couldn't give him away too, and just say like, "Well, yeah, he's my cat. I can just." Give him away get out of here jack like you don't get to do that but the family is very fine with that here laddie's not coming i gave him away what's the matter bart weren't you happy with him no he just wasn't the right dog for me i'm sure he'll be happy as a police dog you better know how to keep his mouth shut (laughs) well if that's what you think is best let's just go down to the kennel and get santa's little helper back uh we can't He's not in a kennel. I gave him away, too, and I don't know where he is. You gave both dogs away? You know how I feel about giving. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I know it's wrong. I messed everything up, and now I don't have any dogs at all. (laughs) There, there. Shut up, boy. (laughs) We'll just get you a new dog. I don't want a new dog. I want Santa's little helper. Well, crying isn't going to bring him back, unless your tears smell like dog food. So you can either sit there crying and eating can after can of dog food until your tears smell enough like dog food to make your dog come back, (laughs) or you can go out there and find your dog. You're right. I'll do it. Rats. You almost had him eating dog food. (laughs) Okay, I mean... I think the the weakness of this plot point is overwritten by just three really good Homer jokes. But I really like at the end, he's not invested in making Bart feel better or helping Bart with his problem. He's just, oh, this is the perfect plan to get Bart to eat (laughs) dog food. I can make him eat dog food. It's going to be so funny. He doesn't want SLH back. He wants to make Bart eat dog food. But yeah, Marge is like, this is not the Marge we know. It's like, oh, honey, what's the problem? Oh, you gave away the dog we all love. (laughs) Well, if that's what you thought was best. Yeah. yeah, It's, It's something that they have to just sort of get away from. 
from for any of this to work. But I feel like this is late in the season. They're very tired and they just need to put this episode out, you know, so I'm not going to hold. They're trying their best. Yeah, but it, it does feel if you analyze the plot from a just a pure plotting standpoint, it is much weaker than the very, very high standard they've set. It's only because they've set a very high standard that this feels a little, a little weird. We wouldn't be this judgmental if this was a, like a Merkin episode or a Gene and Reese episode where there were or plotting problems, either, but yeah. they were so funny you didn't really care, you know? Yeah, and this still has really good funny bits in it. Yeah, but like three great Homer jokes. He better keep his mouth shut, <laughs> the dog food one, and there was one other one. You know how I feel about giving. Yeah, yes, like three yeah. really, really good Homer jokes. I actually want to call out there, there, shut up, boy. That's that too. Yeah. Four, four, yeah. There was a point in high school where a friend of mine was having like a bad day, like a one of those teenager feeling days, and she was crying. And I, at a time where I knew more Simpsons quotes than social skills, <laughs> I, I went there, there, shut up, boy, and just immediately sobbing. And I was like, okay, I shouldn't do that anymore. Uh, like, it's a good line, but never again. She was too sad to get your reference. <laughs> I don't appreciate yeah. my reference. That, that shut up, boy. Yeah, so yeah. like four really, really funny Homer lines. Maybe they knew this scene is weak, so we need to make it as funny as possible so people don't realize it doesn't make any sense. The family is not reacting in the way they should. Where's Lisa to be like, I knew it. Yeah, you can depend on Homer to distract with a good Homer line, at least. I think like, Lisa was off in her B-plot in this, <laughs> yeah, in this scene. Uh, like that they took out the B plot. It's like, where is Lisa? Why isn't she here and commenting? Secretly she's struggling with pet pills the entire time, I guess. I will but. say Bart's voice acting is actually really good oh, at this. Yeah. Time. Nancy is so good at being convincingly sad and pitiful. Mm. And isn't there a scene where he almost cries in this? Yeah, no, this is him yeah. wavering to cry. And then he also pretends to cry yeah, too. That too. And he's so really good at that. It's good fake crying too from Bart. <laughs> but Nancy, yeah, Nancy gets to really show off. It's good when Cartwright can show off her range as an actress as well mm-hmm. in in Bart but then Bart just gets to run off and Homer is just sad he's not gonna the Bart has to run off twice because he runs off again to go look for the dog <laughs> that is another underrated Homer line in this one that I really like which is when he comes back like uh, I'm going off to get the dog the bad dog or the good dog the bad one good (laughs) it's a fun good bad good wordplay there and it's a nice way if somebody just came in at the commercial break to be like what's this episode about Uh, and homer just has to lazily say like what are you doing getting the good dog no the bad dog so bart begins his search for santos l helper you gotta give me back my floor my customers are walking around in the pipes hey next time pay your bills but i don't want to Excuse me, sir. Did you repossess his dog from a guy named Santos El Halper? Hmm, yeah, yeah, I remember this, Mutt. We, uh, sold him to some guy wearing a dress. No, I didn't buy your dog. Now I gotta go keep an eye on Selma. She thinks she swallowed a band-aid. <laughs> yeah, I bought you a Mutt, and I ate him. <gasps> I ate his little face. I ate his guts. And I ate the way he's always barking. So I gave him to the church. Oh, I see. You hate him, so you gave him to the church. Aye, I also ate the mess he left on my rug. Mm. You heard me. <laughs> you heard me. God, uh, the B story could have been uh, Patty choking on a Band-Aid. Can I say how disgusting that sounds? <laughs> In the oh. background. Yeah, I love Patty. It's almost so Only much. for half a second yeah. you have to listen to that sound. But uh, yeah, like, ugh, ugh, so gross. But the it's a fun smash cut to Patty's legs. Not a fan <laughs> of the, you know, oh, these masculine women are men. Yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. of the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next scene, I do like the, the churchy wordplay we get. 
get from oh, Lovejoy. Yeah. Oh, wait, before that, the, the, the Moe's reaction, like, I don't want to. <laughs> and the idea that his floor was repossessed. Like, like just oh, one big chunk, too, yeah. not, like, separately. And that building has a high ceiling, so they keep <laughs> Moe's entire floor just propped against the wall. <laughs> that he just look at, and then they were able to just, like, lift up his one and take out, like, slide under the... <laughs> how they do it? It's That's Although, what's so great about it. Like, on my way over here, on my block, there is a house that is now on giants like like stilts up oh, in yeah, the air yeah, and i'm yeah. like is this really worth it what are you doing just build a new house what are you doing to this house <laughs> could have sentimental value the house i guess to somebody it's just like i don't even know how i like i know it's possible but how do you even do that no that happened uh, actually right before i moved into this place at my old place next door in the vacant lot a an entire house was moved onto that spot too and again i was just like what, what? but they t- tore down a house to put an old house there and it's like and what just build a new one. <laughs> but the, uh, I like the vision of Barney and the barflies walking, walking on pipes carefully. So they don't fall into like the basement, <laughs> which is probably full of like pandas and, uh, those ain't your rats, Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Shot rats. The Bart search sadly doesn't bring him to the spirograph factory, but it does. Dr. S could have helped him. <laughs> it does take him, uh, to the, church thrift shop which i don't think we've seen since it's they should have set more stuff in that church thrift shop now we did get some good agnes in here though oh yeah Mm, yes i remember satan's little helper littering the rectory with his dirt biting me in the app he unholy the (laughs) holy water that's him all right i'll be happy to take him off your hands oh i'm afraid that's impossible bart he's no longer among us (gasps) You didn't crucify him. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's safely with one of our parishioners. I'll give you his address if you like. And then buy something or get out, angel. (laughs) Biting me in the apps is good. An apps is a part of a church. Uh That's where the the altar is usually. Usually it's like like a separate area with a higher ceiling to make the priest feel more important. Okay. Yeah. That's fancy. I didn't know. I didn't know the specific name of it, but I knew I knew that had to be just some church thing. And Unholying the Holy Water reminds me of Sweet Seymour Skinner's badass song where he talks about all the things Sandals Little Helper has done. He went to the church and drank all the holy water. <laughs> That's right. So he's had a few adventures in churches before. Stuck under the house and cut, ran out covered in ticks and drank all the holy water. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and Agnes yelling at ho- Bart. Angel. I feel I feel like in two seasons, Agnes wouldn't even care if she looked bad in front yeah. of uh, Timothy. I wonder how, like, Agnes, does Agnes run the church thrift shop? Is that is that her job? It's like a volunteer position. <laughs> if so, it's weird to take a dog in the church thrift shop. Yeah, they you don't see in most thrift shops living things. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're not for sale anyways. They're just crawling around on the ground. <laughs> I didn't really notice it before, but I love how long Reverend Lovejoy takes to react to the crucifixion joke. Yes. Just yeah. like laughing for a good time. Oh. Minutes, and oh like, no! No, that uh, that crucifixion joke too. I love because it shows that Bart does not pay attention at all <laughs> in church and thinks that the church crucifies people. Yes, just like well, just as you crucify Jesus, you crucify. Like no, we we. That's not why we have a crucifix. And Lovejoy takes it in stride of it. That could have see. That's why the Lovejoy is a bad preacher. That's a teachable moment for him <laughs> that he could have instructed Bart on what crucifixion actually. Is. I think he knows how stupid Bart is by now. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's kind of a loss, yeah. <laughs> Bart heads to SLH's new home. Yes? My name is Bart Simpson. I have to talk to you about your dog. Give me one minute. Okay, showtime. <laughs> Please, mister. 
<clears throat> no, let me do that again. <clears throat> please, <laughs> mister, please. <gasps> Hi there, how can I help you? You're the guy who owns the dog? Yep, his name's Sprinkles. Sprinkles? Yeah, he's my best buddy, huh? Especially since my parrot decided to stop talking. Polly? Polly want to say hi to our guest? Huh? Fine, be that way. Now, what can I do for you, son? Oh, nothing. Forget it. So one thing I can tell about this episode being at the end of a season made by very tired people is that this character does not have a name. Mm -hmm. And uh, Oakley and Weinstein in their eras, they would stay up till three in the morning finding a funny but also a low-key funny name for a character. And it's it's not great when a character, his identity is his disability yes. and he does not have a name. Like we, we, we gave Algie and Mike Reese crap because there's a in their series and shows, there's a lot of times where they just have a female character who is unnamed. It's yep. like you're the lady what's her name it doesn't matter i feel like you're a sex hole a That's... character needs the respect of at least a name no matter what they are if they're going to be this pivotal in an episode just like name him steve or something they, i don't know they you... just call him the blind man a blind man yeah. like they what is he in the wiki he's got to be just blind man. i believe it's mr miller actually mr miller wow i think that was that was the information that popped up on simpsons world maybe he was named in the script but there was no character to say his name well it's just a boring name yeah too, just mr miller but he's and that he's voiced by dan castellanetta which feels like kind of a missed opportunity for a celebrity but they again there's just not a lot of effort put less effort put into this one and I just think. so you don't think we are annoying sjw's though we are uh <laughs> in the in the commentary of this when they're doing their blind person jokes george meyer says we didn't win any we didn't win any awards for this one <laughs> and then josh Weinstein's like no see it's funny because blind people can be bad people too see that's why it's funny he's like he's kind of sweaty and yes. you know he realizes like this is, these aren't the best jokes these yeah. mr magoo style jokes i mean yeah that's exactly what they are yeah I, uh well what did you think of the dead parrot joke bob i know you're not a fan of parrot uh, um cruelty. it was funny i mean it was definitely a callback to monty python and it was like not like the parrot was killed by any means of cruelty the bird just died and he was too blind to notice the bird rotting away and, and down to his bow tie yeah and bow tie yeah birds don't like bow ties in general <laughs> the one thing <laughs> i don't like about that joke is that they just use the like filling sandals that'll help her bowl with food yeah joke. so they just oh, do that yeah. again for the bird yeah mm. Boy, boy, you're making me hate this episode more now. <laughs> but I like... I, this it's, is a funny episode. It's a funny yeah. episode, but I think it's like they're doing straight up Mr. Magoo jokes without an ironic twist on them or a commentary on yeah. them. Yeah, And like then later, they just sort of don't do any. Like when he comes down the stairs, he just breaks his own things. It's not funny. Yeah. It's not like a, a creative blind person joke. Mm -hmm. And uh, though I do, I think my favorite joke with him is... That he would name him as crappy a name as Sprinkles. Yeah. And Bart's just reaction like, Sprinkles? <laughs> Sprinkles. That doesn't have the creativity of Santa's little helper. <laughs> Though he even gets a monogrammed Sprinkles doormat, doormat for, the, for his side of the yard. Like, that's... That is a man who cares about his dog. Honestly. Also, this has been like a day since this has happened. <laughs> yeah, he's he's really happy about it. Well, maybe it could have been like a week ago he got it. it We're not giving a real good timeline yeah. here. Yeah, things just... I mean, who knows how long Bart's search lasted as well, mm. which uh, which they joke about on the commentary. They're like, not iron like ironically, this is a real shaggy dog story here. Yeah. They search for it. Uh, oh, I do like 
Bart pretending and he kind of is almost like Nancy herself probably in the VO booth like oh, no wait I can do that again just like immediately saying it like no wait let me do that line again that I could see cute. that like as an actor preparing she's yeah. very much used to doing the other line readings especially the way Bart pucks up his finger of like oh no it's like pause which it's like who are you doing that for <laughs> who am I talking to <laughs> it kind of says like Bart also learned zero lessons from this so far is that yeah. his immediate reaction was fraud Yep. Yeah, and time if, to defraud someone else. And if fraud doesn't work, then why not just steal him? So, that's my plan. I'm going to break into the blind man's yard and swipe the dog. <laughs> mm. Bart, that is a new low. Hey, I'm not saying it's going to be a dance around the maypole. <laughs> well, I won't tell Mom and Dad, but only because oh. I want the dog back. Okay. Just try not to freak out the blind man. I can't promise I'll try. But I'll try to try. <laughs> Uh, so I didn't know where that line came from. I'll try to try yeah. because it's, it's kind of buried in this episode, but it's been on a, a trash can in my bathroom for 17 years. <laughs> it's my bathroom trash can. It's got a bunch of Simpsons quotes on it, but Bart's quote is him saying that. I love that line. I, I'll try to try, which yeah. is, that's a lie. Yeah. No so it's the excuse thing I say whenever I don't really want to do something. Yeah. When, if somebody asks you like, could you please do this? Like. I'll try. And in your head, you're saying, I'm I'll not try doing to try. that. <laughs> yeah. I just have the cover of, I said I'd try. And then when I don't do it, you'll just say, you can just say later, oh, I tried. I tried. Lisa is, I guess she has to be on board with this, but I think in a realistic, more realistic world, getting uh, Homer and Marge involved, they could possibly go to the man's house, explain mm. like our son gave away this dog. It's actually our dog. And, you know, we can we can help you get a new dog, not like just steal the dog back and <laughs> have like a, uh, a stolen possession in your home. Like, like, this man now owns this dog. In a uh, Breaking Bad-style dramedy, this would lead to the blind man dying and yeah, it's getting yeah. only worse. From and again, I hope our listeners aren't too annoyed with us trying to think of, like, this story's got some real problems in this <laughs> Her series. moral compass just, like, completely fails here, which is, like, yeah. the, probably the most unleashed-like thing in the episode. And she wants the dog back, which, why? Who gives a fuck? You don't, you don't even consider it your dog. Like, you don't care. And I wonder, in the original story, was this when she solved her pet pill problem and mm, maybe... Coming down. I think, uh, yeah, I think that could be it. And I think Henry was right. I think maybe there was a sort of blackmail involved in the B story in that, like, uh, Lisa couldn't tell on Bart because Bart would talk about her substance abuse problems <laughs> to Homer and Marge. <laughs> you know, there was there was one other touching line I liked in this that Marge... Well, Marge talks about how Bart... He's like, oh, we didn't walk the dog here that much. Yeah, and he just likes hanging around the house with Bart anyway. Like, it was interesting to see how they considered Bart. They considered Santa's little helper to be Bart's dog. Yeah. And that they are good buddies. Not the family dog, but Bart's dog. Like, that's sweet. I like that. But I guess Bart, in that first episode, the Christmas special, Bart has to convince Homer to take the dog. Like, this is the miracle that we see on TV all the time. This is our <laughs> miracle that we're getting. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so Bart, Bart does try to try but instead gets caught and uh, there's a cute sequence of him walking in and getting his hands wet in the water in the food dish and then uh, yeah sprinkles is happy to see him and meanwhile it alerts uh it alerts the blind man as he's constantly called and uh bart tries to get away ha! i may be blind but you just ran into a closet don't <laughs> <laughs> Hey, burglar, I hope you're having a good time in there, because the police will be here any minute. No, mister. Please, I'm just a kid. I, I, I only came to get my dog back. Your dog? 
And I miss him so much, and I know you like him, but I like him too, and he was mine first, and I know I don't deserve him, but... So what this comes down to is, you want a blind man to give up his only companion? Yes, please. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Why don't we let the dog decide? So his stuff with the bolt cutters, too. I George Meyer has a funny line on the commentary saying, like, kids, you can get a lot of fun with those. They, <laughs> they work pretty well, which bolt cutters are actually. I just went to MST3K Live. I'm wearing the T-shirt. Um, and in the movie they did on my show, bolt cutters uh, have an important plot point in this too, in that movie as well. So I was like, wow, this is so weird that I'm seeing two bolt cutter <laughs> things in a row. They today. can get you anywhere. <laughs> they cut through anything. They're, and they're a great plot device and you just they're not illegal like you can just buy them in a any ace hardware i i do like him putting it into words like so you just want me to give up my dog huh you're not even accepting that this is his new home it's i gotta give up a dog huh great okay <laughs> and there's a contest sort of to see who will who stands will help her decide upon and there's not i think there could have been a better joke than him chasing his own tail for a second and then mm. going to bart but i don't know the the ending for this episode makes up for the weakness in the third act i think <laughs> Sounds like you won. Congratulations. Oh, jeez, I'm sorry. Wish there was some way we could both have a dog. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Police? Oh, man, if this one's not the right house, I quit. Huh. It's okay, officer. False alarm. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> What's that? Oh, I like you too. Wow, looks like somebody's made a new best friend. <laughs> okay, boy, that's enough. That's that's not for doggies. Huh. Don't. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Marijuana. Well, I guess you didn't like you after all. <laughs> you just smelled your narcotics. Book them, boys. Hold on, Chief. It might be medicinal. Oh, yeah, medicinal. I, without it, I could uh, go even blinder, right? Uh, this might take a while, kid. Why don't you and your buddy run along? Bye, laddie. Come on, boy. Let's go home and have some fun, huh? Mm. That cat's been strutting around like she owns the place. Yeah. <laughs> So real cops aren't that cool. No. They'll take your drugs. Yeah, they take your drugs and beat you up and then put you in yeah. jail. Like, but they I need an arrest like it's it, to make their record look better. I really like the fake sitcom ending. Like, somebody's got a new best friend. It's like, Bart gets his dog back. The blind guy gets a new dog. But then it's like the immediate subversion. It's like, no, the dog just smelled drugs on you. You're going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I Yeah, it... That is a fun. That is a very fun subversion. I like too that he's kind he, that he's a musician. That that kind of implies yeah, like, oh, yeah. he, he frequents in the world of pot smoking musicians. Sure, that makes sense. And there was a medical marijuana joke in this episode because this was a period in which there was a huge upswing in the amount of states that were legalizing it between '96 and '99. It was um it was really coming into fashion. You see a lot of medical marijuana jokes in this era. Like Mr. Show had a sketch. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. And well now soon that will give way to Viagra jokes when that becomes legal. But and those jokes are funnier. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, what's funnier than a boner? A few, <laughs> few things. But now the pot joke, now it's even weirder because uh, at least for us Americans in our state, and increasingly in more in Amer in more American states, marijuana is becoming fully de- 
criminal. You can just go to the yes. weed store and, you yeah. know, fill up your cart. It's kind of boring now, <laughs> And have it, actually have it delivered. Don't even go to the store. No way. The, 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 there's a lot of uh, friendships you no longer have to deal with. <laughs> Thank God. Anymore. I've never walked through a beaded curtain, and I never will again. <laughs> no, I, uh, uh, though I'm just not much of a pot user myself. I, I have had it delivered a couple times, but every time I get high of the, like, under 10 times I've done it, I'm just like, I need to lay down. Ooh, I don't like this. <laughs> like, but I guess that's because I prefer edibles to uh Yeah, to man, fire. you got to smoke that stuff, bro. <laughs> smoke up, Henry. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Uh, vape, well, at least vape it. Ugh, vape some gotta, CBDs, bro. I got to get a wand and deal with it's that cool. shit. cool. You can <laughs> fill the air with disgusting cotton candy fog like every moron. <laughs> well, yes, Bob, you're a, you're a smoke weed every day. I'm high right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of prefer the old-fashioned, uh, my 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 German high-quality bong that I use. Mm. But, um, yeah, I, I don't do anything fancy, really. I just use, you know, your standard marijuana that comes in little baby baby uh, food jars, <laughs> those kind of little thingies, and uh-huh. nothing fancy. I as an innocent child I did not I knew what marijuana was so when they say out loud marijuana but I didn't connect then playing a Bob Marley song meant they were all getting high together I didn't I didn't make that connection until even Wiggum singing all fucked yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> it only it took a few years before it really hit me. At this point, this I had heard all of my mom's Cheech and Chong records, so uh, I, I sort of understood what all the drugs were based on like context <laughs> and Dave not being there, but actually he was there. <laughs> and that's why it was funny. Uh, Aaron, did you get those jokes? Were you versed in weed culture by that point? At least not at all. I uh, like I got the joke of oh, drugs are bad, but then like <laughs> that joke when I was watching this episode again, that joke was just not shocking at all. Of like, I see what they were going for, but today it's like, I was literally just before I watched the episode, I was reading a a story about long lines in Canada now that weed is legal. (laughs) It's like, okay, it would be like doing a joke during Prohibition era of someone having a beer. Yeah, Um, we're going to laugh at, like how we laugh at all the Prohibition era stuff now, in the future (laughs) people are going to laugh at like the idea of having to go to some dude's uh, studio apartment and listening to like Bob Marley with him just to get your bag of weed, your bag of (laughs) shitty weed. Yeah, well now is, uh, well, we kind of have it lucky here in California that like in the the southern states where I grew up they are highly elite like they mm. still treated uh pot users very poorly because because it's an excuse you're you're attacking the people who use pot and yeah. those people are the war less on desirable it's just racism yeah totally and classism too yeah, like, it's the same thing as racism for yeah. the most part <laughs> it's tied up in the same in the same wonderful web uh yeah no i had a friend who was the pothead in our group and he drove through, he doesn't, we didn't live in a great county for pot, but then he drove through a really bad county for pot and was going two miles over the speed limit while being a Mexican-American. Lethal man. injections all around. <laughs> well, but he didn't even have pot in his car, but the, the was going through a county where paraphernalia was in. They're like, well, this is a pipe for pot. And we found, we say we found some residue, so get in jail buddy <laughs> i was never put in jail for drugs or anything like that but um when i was in kent ohio living there in grad school we were coming back from a um tim and eric live show in columbus i was driving back with friends and i was stone cold sober i didn't have anything to drink because i'm responsible damn it <laughs> and i guess i was going five miles over the speed limit it was the dead of winter like 10 degrees probably colder than that and the cop was like uh, can i search your car after he pulled me over for speeding and i was like well no you 
you're not going to search my car. I know my <laughs> rights. And nothing gets a cop madder than when you know your rights. Oh, it's like, boy. well, you just wait here. And then, like, he gets five other cars, a bunch of dogs. It's like, we've got probable cause now. We're going to search your car. <laughs> and we're all standing out in the cold. We have to empty out our pockets and put them on, like, the, the hood of his police car. And they're, like, they're tearing my car apart. And the guy is like, uh, listen, this will go a lot faster if you tell us where the drugs are. I'm like, there are no drugs. I'm thinking, well, the drugs are in my apartment. I'm going to smoke them <laughs> later. Uh, but then, yeah, like, there was no... No apology. There was no, uh, we made a terrible mistake, sir. It was like, well, uh, you can go. And, and like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was standing out in the cold for like 40 minutes while they were like, dogs were going through my car. And and they are just, and also, you know, that they're on like a hair trigger to beat your ass. Yeah. The second yeah. They find I mean, we were something. all white, so we were yeah. kind of safe in that way. But I went from that moment in my life to being kind of naive, like, you know, some cops are good to ACAB. <laughs> I, I etched it on every wall I see. <laughs> Uh, but hey, what if? But if those guys had been jamming with you, then you would have changed. Yeah, your opinion. they were not cool. <laughs> the end song of Wiggum. I guess. I guess it's both Hank Azaria's Wiggum and going Lou, back and forth. Yeah. yeah, him is like, shut up, man, shut up. Like that's very. That's that sounds like it's all just Hank ad libbing. It's think all very funny. They said it was ad libbing. Yeah. So I'm like, shut up. I know this part. I know this part. Like very, very well observed stonery acting there. And I wonder what they were on when they wrote that, man. <laughs> Definitely is one of the better end credits fade-ins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they play it a lot again. Well, that's also like the long opening. They had a long credits too. Like that was not sped up or anything. They played yeah, the full song. Yeah. And I have to say, yeah, California, we do have the best weed here. Mm. It's like when I was getting in Ohio, it looked like Cracklin' Oat Brand. It was like brown and dry. <laughs> now when you bite here, it's like, it's, it's purple? Purple. It's Actually purple and purple. moist? Like, what's happening? <laughs> There's crystals on it? Red crystals? What's even going on? <laughs> this was an expensive episode for song licenses to get oh, Bob yeah. Marley and the Kinks. Like, just Bob Marley by himself, his music cannot be cheap. Even a slightly less famous song like Jammin' as opposed to, you know, Redemption Song or I Shot the Sheriff. But uh, this, yeah, we kind of bagged on this episode. There are funnier, there are some <laughs> funny lines in here that I remember, but I remember them independent of this episode because it's just kind of a boring plot yeah, that needs yeah. a lot of lot of excuses to really work. I mean, it genuinely has some classic, like the Millhouse line is one of his best lines, period. Yeah, yeah the dog food bit is really funny, like just how tortured and overly long it is. <laughs> and how it's all just a plan to get Barty dog food. Uh, th- shut up, boy, like you pointed out, is really funny. But yeah, like if you think we're being hard on this and we are being a bit hard on it, by their own admission, they don't think it's great. If you listen to the commentary, they're just like, there are problems. Here are the problems. We tried our best. <laughs> we're very tired. We're at the end of our second season of episodes running the show, et cetera, et cetera. So I think we they're in agreement with us, if anything. Uh, any final thoughts? If anything, any, they owe us. Any final thoughts on the episode? Just curious and if you have anything else to think about this, the canine mutiny. By the way, title is based on a book and a movie that nobody cares about, about a World War II mutiny. The canine uh, mutiny, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm more down on the episode now than I was like years ago. That's funny. Like, we do that with guests. Like <laughs> I like Sherry Bobbins and then by the end, you know what? I think I hate Sherry Bobbins. <laughs> like when you look at the actual construction, you can feel how short it is and like how simultaneously short and strained it feels. Mm-hmm. But like, again, there are so many classic lines and there's so many like absolutely banger jokes that I'm sure I'll still remember this fondly regardless yeah. of how I come out of it. Every season eight episodes is a good episode in yeah. some way. Yeah. There's still happy memories attached to it. Yeah. But we can't just because we love this era of the Simpsons doesn't mean we can't, uh, we can let go our duty <laughs> of judging this re- in a retrospective way that is fair. 
I agree. So Imran, you're a special guest. Can you tell our friends listening where to find you, where you work, how we can support you in any way? You can find me on the internet at GameInformer.com. You can also find me in the physical magazine, which still is, still exists Whoa. at the uh, Game Informer. Just like cartoons. It's just, just like a... cartoons. <laughs> yes, it'll be on the shelf next to cartoons. By the way, <laughs> it's not cartoons, it's cartoons. It's Game Informer. There you go. NBC. Uh, you can find my Twitter at I M R A N Z O M G because I made that when I was a lot younger. Uh, <laughs> you can also find me streaming at Twitch occasionally at G I Imran. Nice. All right. Well, thank you. Yes. And as for us, we are supported by the Talking Simpsons Network. If you go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons, you can find out how to support the show. At the $5 level, you can get every episode of this podcast and our sister podcast, What a Cartoon, a week ahead of time and ad free. You can get access to so many other things like miniseries, interviews, season wrap ups, community podcasts, and so much more. And at the $10 level, we have a new reward. It is going to be a monthly movie podcast, and the patrons can vote on which movie that we watch and give it the What a Cartoon treatment. And previously we did videos for 18 months. All of those videos will still be there. So if you sign up at the $10 level, you can access 18 months of videos and then start accessing our new monthly movie podcast. Yeah, if you love what we do at Talking Simpsons, we do the same thing on What a Cartoon for a different animated series each week. And the movie podcast will be for a different animated film each month. Our patrons chose for our first one, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, which the timing couldn't be more perfect because it turns 25 years old on Christmas Day of this year. So, wow. Yeah, so you can check that out, what me and Bob think of what could be Still the best Batman movie ever made. We shall talk about that. I think so. So yes, again, that is patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. That's how we live. That supports our entire lives, both of them. So if you <laughs> appreciate our podcast, we'd appreciate anything you can give us. But five bucks gets you in at that basic level and gets you a ton of bonus podcasts. Dozens and dozens if you haven't subscribed yet. So it's patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. As for me, I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts to class classic gaming podcast it's been going on for like almost 13 years now so check it out at retronauts.com or look for retronauts in your podcast device thank you henry how about you hey i'm henry gilbert and you can find me on twitter at h-e-n-e-r-e-y-g whenever there's new information about the podcast either this one or what a cartoon or any new stuff on the patreon you can learn about it there first if you follow me h-e-n-e-r-e-y-g thanks so much Thank you so much for listening, folks. We'll see you next week for The Old Man and the Lisa. See you then. Hey, Chief. Shut up. I love this song. Oh, yeah. Shut up, Lou. I want to jam it with you. I'm jamming. Jamming. And I hope you like jamming, too.